Right, on we go, gents. everybody, it's Andrew Davis calling from Gateshead to Toon Talk Radio. You can catch us tonight on www.toontalk.co.uk and also on novaradio.co.uk. Uh, you can also call the show on 0191 538 and it's been a bit of a crazy last couple of weeks for Newcastle United, up and down, and we win and we win and we win. Quite incredible. Remember, if you want to call us the show, it's 0191 538 It's all about Newcastle United tonight. Uh, let's see what happens. Well, I'd like to bring in my special guest this evening. is Peter Ramage calling from Phoenix Rising just before he goes to training. Good evening, Peter. Good evening, Andrew. How are we doing? I'm right, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Good Stay stuff. Good stuff. I've got uh, Neil Mitchell calling from Dubai. Good evening, Neil. How are you? I'm good, Andrew. Better than you, by the sounds of things. Was hey, if I... <laughs> hey, what was happening before you come on here? There, it sounded like a dog had run off with your microphone or something. It was weird. The microphone was on the floor. <laughs> Being pulled by a dog. <laughs> by him, as usual, I got my wires crossed. <laughs> so tell me, obviously, Peter, Peter Ram is currently playing for the Phoenix Rising, and also lately uh, he's been a, a pundit uh, on uh, Toon Talk. Sorry, not Toon Talk. Um, you tell them who it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did a little bit with um, well, BBC Radio Newcastle, I suppose, a rival of yours, isn't it? So, really. kind of playing you both of each other. <laughs> I think they've been listening to you. On, I think they've been listening to you on the show, and that's why they got you. That's what I think, anyway. <laughs> Probably. I've got contacts, so it's been interesting. But like, um, so tell me, what, what's it like? Uh, obviously, the weather there is normally quite uh, hot and humid in, uh, in Phoenix, and um, it, it must you must be training late in the day, I suppose, are you? Yeah, we well, we, no, it's normally first thing in the morning. Um, or last thing at night. We went down to Casa Grande, which is sort of an hour from where we're based here in Phoenix for, for like a bit of a pre-season camp for 10 days, which um, was tough. But yeah, we trained kind of first thing in the morning. At the minute, to be brutally honest with you, the temperature's perfect. Uh, oh, really? It's warm, but not too warm. Um, the gas mask, uh, or the gas cook, will start to get turned up a little bit uh, in the coming months, which will make things a little bit more interesting. But no, it's, it's, it's a nice temperature at the moment, which has been, been good for pre-season. Yeah, I can imagine. It's interesting that all the players, like um, obviously Neil's in Dubai. What's the weather like there now? Is it getting hotter and hotter, or is it still steamy compared to Phoenix? What out here in Dubai? Um, yeah. Um, well, we, we, 
we've had a, a load of strange rain recently, um, but they've been trying this cloud seeding to try and help the local crops. The trouble is the rain here, it's, it's hot and it's wet, and it, with the rain back home, it sort of makes everything feel clean, and the rain out here just makes everything dusty, because it dries dead quickly and you're just covered in <laughs> dust. Um, but I'm still not complaining, it's still 28 degrees and lovely, mm. I had a, had a grand day in, in Dubai Skate <laughs> Park on Friday, just watching the world go by, it was magic. Mm. Great stuff, and what's, um, obviously you're, you're doing your uh, UEFA A licence as well, Peter, are you? I've completed it, yeah, oh, I yeah. completed it last summer, uh, so yeah, I'm fully fully qualified coach, I suppose you can say so, and it's just part of um, the process of uh, the next phase of my career. Um, so I wanted to get them. I made a conscious decision to try and get them all done and dusted before I, I finished playing. Um, so there was, you know, if something came off, uh, came up, sorry, I could seamlessly move into that side of the uh, the game. Um, so yeah, completed it last summer and uh, and looking while I'm out here to maybe do a bit of coaching while I'm here just to to keep the time ticking over. So is this your last season um, in American? Fo- oh, I should I'm putting the American soccer, but uh, is yeah. it, what are you looking to do after? Is this? Are you? Cla- what's the designated player? Are you class a designated player there? Well, no, we don't. We don't have that kind of. Uh, I mean, we we're not in the MLS, so we don't have you know designated players as such. Um, we've put in an application to go in the MLS, which oh, really? uh, with I think with I think about four or five other teams. Um, so hopefully, you know, that will come through. Phoenix hasn't, or Arizona, the state hasn't got a an MLS soccer side I suppose you've got to call it um, mm-hmm. so hopefully you know we're, we're, we're quietly confident that you know in the next couple of years that we can become an MLS franchise and um, you know I'm, I'm enjoying out here the the, the lifestyle is brilliant mm-hmm. um, the only downside is you know the family's still back home in your castle yeah, um, but if something long term long term comes into into the thought process then you know we'll look to, to maybe move out here permanently but until that decision comes it's um, I'm just going to carry on playing have you obviously with with Newcastle? I think the one thing I've found, I don't know, well, Neil will tell me in a, in a moment after you've answered this, but um, have you found that Rafa, the last two games especially, has definitely given um, the managers of the last two teams a bit of a schooling, hasn't he? Uh, I mean, he has. He's, I mean, I'd, like I said to you when I was previously on, I think what he's done really well is manage the squad. Um, he's got a big squad there of quality players, and he's managed to, you know, keep the rotation policy going um, and keep everybody happy. And on, well, maybe not happy if you're not playing, but keep them on their toes. You know, a, a good performance, a couple of goals doesn't, you know, doesn't always a guarantee that you'll be in the side for the next game. And I think he's been, he's been brilliant in man managing that side of the, the, the well, the squad. Um, and you know, obviously that it, it's paying off with the, with them being top of the league and, and sitting pretty. Yeah, it, it, I think it's. Um, I think with Newcastle, I don't think any. I don't think anybody really, hand on heart, expected six points. Did you? Uh, I no, think I it could end up with nine, either. couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, and that, I mean the the big result was obviously the Brighton one. Um, mm. You know, I think it was the first time they'd gone behind and well, come back from behind, which was you know a massive thing for the for the, the squad going into the latter part of the. The season and the confidence boost of doing it at Brighton, who are obviously, you know, their nearest uh, rivals for the automatic spot. To do it there, it sent out a big statement not only to the Brighton and the Jason Pack, but to the whole league that you know Newcastle aren't just going to uh, roll over and, and sort of in the in the, 
the kind of bit of a uh, bad form they were in. They weren't going to roll over, and they were going to, you know, roll their sleeves up and, and get going. And um, you know, obviously, then to go to Huddersfield and come away with a, a comprehensive victory too was was uh, another big statement to that they sent out. Yeah, I, 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 the one thing I noticed, um, like you know, you normally you can judge a, a manager by what he says afterwards, and again they they come out, don't they? And he says, oh, the 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 referee was the issue, and no matter what you look back on that game against uh, Huddersfield, he got it spot on for both penalties, and you just want him to come out and tell the truth. That's probably the one thing about Rafa. Rafa, kind, you know, he never skirts around. He always says what he thinks. He doesn't yeah. go overboard. He never. He's always quite mellow. And then that other guy comes out, and I've been a fan of his because you know he he seems like a he's getting the he's getting the Huddersfield work. I wouldn't I wouldn't even say that they're a sleeping giant. You can't really say that, can you? They're, they're a mid-level no. team that. Are punching above their weight. Yeah, I mean, Rafa's experience, isn't he? Um, he knows how to play the media well, um, and yeah, I think that's what's been impressive about him as a person. That you know, he has, he's come out and he's, you know, he's called a spade a spade. He hasn't tried to sugarcoat any bad performances. He said they've either played poorly or they played well. You know, he's, he's always kept his players on his toes in that respect from the media side of things, and um, and I think he was right both for penalties. Uh, I don't think there was any arguments on on the Shelby one. Uh, it was a penalty, and so was you know obviously the the Newcastle one too. So it was it was good to see and refreshing to see him come out and say that. I think uh, uh, what's have you been involved with Newcastle like doing some watching training sessions since you when you did come back? Did you yeah, get, was, did you meet with Rafa? Back, yeah, I was. I went in with with Ben Dawson and Peter Beardy, the 23s. You know they were brilliant. Mm. Obviously, with me doing my badges, I asked if I could go in and just watch a couple of sessions and. You know, do a bit of uh, a learning on that side of things, and luckily enough, they allowed me to to carry on training and uh, and help out with the games and things like that. Which you know, they went above and beyond with that, and it was it was absolutely brilliant to be involved. And yeah, I managed to see a couple of you know times when the 23s trained with the first team or uh, trained played against the first team in, in practice matches. I'm, I'm you know I'm, I, I came across Rafa a couple of times, and he was always. Um, brilliant um Shola was in too so he was always having conversations with us you know picking picking our brains on on being a you know a Newcastle person player ex-player things like that which was you know it was brilliant and um you know he really put a, a strong impression on me as a, as a person as well as a manager I think the one thing it's interesting that the players like obviously like Shola still playing you, you're obviously doing quite well it's, it's amazing that have have you change your diet as things change with modern technology to to keep you keep you as, as fit as possible. Especially when you, yeah. I think in the US it must be, I think the contracts it's a bit more. Um, well, they can get rid any time, can't they? Yeah, they can. That's the thing with them. Yeah, you know, you can get kind of what's called cut waived. No matter how. I mean, the, yeah, the, the 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 contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on. To be brutally honest with you, which God. you know can work in both ways. If it's not working for you, as a you know, say for argument's sake, I'm homesick and I want to go home. Mm. I can just, you know, tear up the contract and get on the next flight. Or if they're not happy with you, they can cut you too, which, you know, keeps you on your toes. And like you said, yeah, you've got to keep yourself right both mm. um, physically uh, on and off the pitch. So, and that's something I've been trying to consciously do over the last few years. Um, you know, without going into boring details, you know, just mm. doing bits of things like yoga and things like that. Mm. So we're not getting any younger and the legs are not getting as fast as they used to. And they recover a little bit longer than they used to so you've always got to try and keep one step ahead of the game and, and keep your body in uh, in the right in the right sort of in the right physical condition to, to go for when, when match day comes. 
Yeah. Neil, you got any questions before I do some more? No, no, I'm, I'm just great in sitting and listening to listen the chat, mate, while you've just sort of dropped us to this headline for a little while. It's quite, <laughs> it's quite canny. Uh, it's, it, it, it's always different, interesting to hear sort of different takes when people go abroad and go to different cultures and different football cultures. We've had a discussion here on, on uh, radio in Dubai about uh, the state of the Gulf League clubs. And that the, the, one of the problems is, is that that they're all working beyond their means, and there's no, the crowds are, are sort of English third division crowds. They're not, okay. they're not big crowds, mm-hmm. and yet they've got players here on big money, um, yeah. and, and everything. Does that make goes any sense huge. to you, Neil? I mean, uh, Peter, like, would you would you go to, like, uh, would you go to Dubai to play if, if enough? If it, if it came up, would you play? Is it similar to the what the league you're playing in now, like like Neil says? I I don't really know. I don't really know much about the league out in Dubai, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying my time out here. It's um it's a wonderful way of life. Like I said, if, if it was, I would love love it to you know progress beyond this season. Mm-hmm. Um, coaching down the line, it's a fantastic country, and it, I could still kind of develop in coaching wise. You know, still a million miles from um, behind, you know, the European uh, European countries in, in that respect. But they're, they're, it's a brilliant place to to learn, and they want to learn too. Um, and it's good for me to, you know, pass on my experience to the, you know, we've got a, a lot of rookies who are, you know, fresh out of college, mm. who are, you know, make trying to make their way into the game, and uh, I'm enjoying that. But you know, down the line, who knows what happens? You know, football's a it's a funny old game. You just never know where you're going to be from one minute to the next. You got I Sean think, Reid Phillips out there with you yeah. at the minute, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we've just signed Sean. Yeah, we've just signed Sean. Um, he's he's come in. We've got Jordan Stewart, who used to be at Watford in West Brom. Um, Luke Rooney, who used to be at uh, at Luton and Crawley. So we've got you know quite a, a few English players. Um, Matty Watson, um, who's a player who's been out here and played in the MLS, uh, an English side that came sort of through the, the American college side. So. You know, there's, there's five English-based players here who are uh, who are yeah, adding to to what you know Frank Gallup, the the coach, is, is looking to bring um, in with the American guys, and you know to bring somebody like if Sean Wright Phillips's caliber is uh, it's a big testament to to the to the franchise and, and what they're trying to do. Is is he? It's real ambition, isn't it? I mean, that that's yeah. Of... Well, that's the thing. We we brought we brought in Omar Bravo, who's a you know, an ex-Mexican international of, of 60, 70 caps, and um, you know it's quite a Hispanic area here in, in Phoenix, and um, the Mexicans love their football. So again, for for um, the, the owners to bring in somebody of, of Omar's mm-hmm. uh, caliber as well, it's it's. I mean, we played it a, a university side in pre-season friendly on Saturday, and you know, 90% of the crowd were there for Omar and. Uh, it was wonderful to see, and, and you know, hopefully him with his profile will, mm-hmm. will help raise uh, you know the the franchise here in Phoenix, and hopefully you know down the line that'll that'll help for it to become a, uh, an MLS side. That's that. See, that's exactly the kind of discussion we've had out here tonight about about engaging because the, the, the you know I, I live in a city which is sort of 85 to 90 percent expat, and yet mm-hmm. you don't really get the expats going to the games. It's it's actually something we yeah. to get get tickets. When I lived up in Rasahema, the north of the Emirates, and I used to want to go and see Emirates Club, I was looked at as the weird white guy that wanted to go to the football. You know, a really very, <laughs> very much difficult barrier to, to, to get across. 
And if some of these clubs yeah. realise that, if you were able to get a player in who could then get the expat fans to engage, the way that they've worked out that if we can get a Mexican international, the Hispanic local population are going to want to then start to take ownership and possession exactly. of the club, that's what you need at this kind of level. Exactly. When you're building ahead of steam, you need to have that connection to a fan base to say, well, this is my club because and that's what they just don't get out here and I think it's interesting to see the way they're doing it I mean I guess in someone like Frank Yallop as well you've got somebody who mm. understands the game God knows how many games exactly. he played for Ips- Ipswich for example um, the minute you see a Frank Yallop I immediately see him in an Ipswich kit uh, and you must have been there for <laughs> years but that means he gets it he's been at a club where you know Ipswich has got a long tradition you know uh, in football and it's, a, and it's a community club it's one that connects with the, the, the region so um, you know, fair play to them for giving it a damn good going back in the, back in the manager I guess is the way to look at it yeah I mean it's like you said Neil I mean the clubs clubs needs to try and interact with the locals over here you know it's not a big soccer state so you know we've got to try and do as much as we can to, to generate a, a fan base it's still the club itself before it was Phoenix it was Arizona United and uh, there's a lot of well, there wasn't a lot of people going to the games because there wasn't really much profile about the club but you know bringing Omar in Sean Wright Phillips Jordan Stewart who's been in the MLS for the last three four seasons he's got a, a, a you know a profile over here in America it's you know it's a statement intent for the for the, for the franchise itself to try and promote the the soccer franchise here in Arizona to, to get you know to get into the MLS and, and by bringing players you know of Omar's caliber Sean's caliber Jordan's caliber is only going to help you know enhance the uh, the profile of the club and, and going forward, like you said, try and bring in a new generation of fans uh, to come and watch. There's going to be no prem- there's going to be no uh, promotion relegation um, the f- the, with Mr. Garber's statement last week that they're quite happy to go along with you know um, whoever finishes first finishes first to, they'll do yeah. playoffs but they won't do like the thing is that they're going to be how many how many clubs would it take um, because like, you can't imagine having 20 have, how many clubs do they have in the MLS and uh, how many do they have in the league below yeah well there's two there's the, obviously there's the MLS I think I'm not to be brutally honest with you Andrew I'm not 100% sure I think mm. it's about 16 to 18 clubs maybe mm. um, obviously there's a there's a new one Minnesota have just joined um, and I think you know there's, there's, there's six or there's 18 teams I think in the USL uh, or 16 teams in the USL. I'm not very sure. And then there's in, which is the West Conference, West side of the the country's conference. And then there's a an NESL, um, which is obviously the East side of the conference, which is a similar amount of teams, 16 or 18, something like that. So, um, but to be honest with you, it's just about money. Um, mm. Being able to, we can't. I mean, we've got a, a US Open Cup, which is kind of like the FA Cup, where mm. um, you know we come across MLS sides uh, in the third round, so to speak. If we get that far. Um, which you know it, it's a good test for us to see where we are when it come against these mm-hmm. kind of sides. I mean the USL is, and the NASL is basically it's made up of um, you know T2 teams are what they're called, so it's the MLS second teams like the reserve teams. So we do play against MLS sides. Um, often you get you know first teamers who are coming back from injury or you know on loss of form and need a game or whatever, and you know, they play in a, a T2 team. So it would be hard for to be a promotion and relegation with. Um, with that in mind because you can't really have two LA Galaxies for argument's sake mm-hmm. and, and the MLS 
Um, but going forward, I don't know how, this, how, it, how it would work. You know, I think it would have to merge. The two, the USL and the NESL, would probably have to merge to become one league. Yeah. Um, but then again, you, you, you know, you're going to lose out on the MLS T2 teams. How, do, how does that work for them? So I think there's a lot of logistics involved in it and, and how they work will be, will be interesting to see you know, going down the line. Because I think that is something that a lot of people over here are saying that it needs to happen. Um, to, to, you know, to progress pretty, the league. He's been pretty clear, hasn't he, Garber? He said, no, it's not going to happen. We don't need it. It's it, The thing, you know, when you say about money, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, you watched... Um, actually, before I continue on, the ML, um, on US football, you know, the one thing I found when I watched Newcastle play against Brighton, and I never normally get angry, I haven't been angry at all with Rafa Benitez, but I must admit, when he played Gufron against Brighton, I was absolutely livid. Um, I, watching, and the worst thing is, we've been, you know, I think me and uh, Neil have been pushing for um, Murphy to start, uh, you know, if if he's not going to play Mitrovic. And it was interesting, wasn't it, Mitrovic, um, you know, he, he's, he's back in the call again, isn't he, Peter? Yeah, he is, but, you know, like I said he, the other day, or just before, sorry, he could be starting again at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how Rafa plays. It's you know Murphy was out in the cold yeah. and obviously came back in. Um, you know Dwight Gale's obviously back into fitness, so he's got he's got three quality strikers there, and, and rotation between now and the end of the season is going to be key. And you know while Mr. Rich isn't getting game time at the minute, there's, there's you know he could come in in the next couple of games, score a couple of goals, and mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden he's back being player of the month. But like I said before, I think that's how well Rafa's playing the squad, um, you know, keeping everybody on their toes, you know, regardless of how well they play, uh, they're not guaranteed a start in the next game because he's, you know, he's thinking two, three games ahead and, and mm-hmm. what's the best side. And, you know, I wasn't, to be honest with you, I wasn't surprised that Gufran started. I thought with his movement, you know, the two big, big centre-halves that Brighton have, and, uh, and I thought the movement might have worked. It just didn't work on the night. I mean, Gufran still had a couple of opportunities. He did, yeah. Um, yeah you know, had, true. He had the, 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 the chance from the, the mistake by uh, Sidwell, and then he had you know, the, the chance in the first half. So whilst it was a surprise that he started him up front, I could understand why he did it. But you know, mm. then Murphy comes on and, and changes the game, and um, you, know, you could say it's a bit of an inspired substitution. Yeah, true. I, yeah. I, I, said, I said exactly that on Twitter before the game, Peter, that... It, what it looked like, he, he wanted movement, he, he wanted Gufran, yeah. and then he wanted the three behind to be constantly moving and rotating and pulling those big centre-backs out of position and running in the channels exactly. behind. And, and, and you could see that was the game plan. And you're right, it, it, it might have worked, it didn't quite. Um, and then, then we've got the most ridiculous goal I think I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I could see yeah. you scoring that, Peter. No, not that, not <laughs> oh, that I'm no complaining chance. about it. Um, <laughs> but then we're response in that second half. Mm. I think we worked hard enough to deserve a goal. And then to then dig in and win. I think the other thing, I think, and again, Peter's nail on the head here. Um, Rafa's thinking, all season, if you go back to September, I know we're raving about this little string of games now, these three in the row. Rafa keeps referring to the games around Easter, how cru- crucial April is, and that all of his squad yeah. rotation is about keeping people fresh, mm-hmm. and all of the use of yeah. the squad depth is he keeps mentioning April, April, April. Now, that's how far ahead the guy's planning. And you, again, Peter, you're quite right. Mitrovic could start the next game, 
Because in, in Rafa's yeah. mind, he's keeping everybody fresh and on their toes. Because he's looking at yeah. April, he's not even looking at now. And and I think yeah. it, it, it's interesting now. I think words come out the day that looks like Brighton have lost one of their centre-backs for six weeks. Um, that's that for them, that's huge. Because mm. they don't have the squad depth. My mate Clive over here, who's yeah. a Brighton fan I keep going on about, um, he's told me all season, we will peter out. We don't have the squad. It's what killed with the last four seasons. And you know, he, he could well be right again because that's a huge loss for them because they rely on that centre-back yeah. pairing quite a lot. It's massive. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, like you said, I mean, they haven't got the depth of the squad that Newcastle have got, um, which, you know, is going to be key. And, and like I said, Rafa keeping everybody fit. You know, if one guy does go out injured or suspended or, you know, whatever, then the person who's coming in, he hasn't, he's going to be a player, you know, maybe a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, but he's going to be fresh. He's not going to be coming in kind of from the cold. Um, you know, the only maybe two, I mean, Newcastle have, you know, got Grant Hanley um, mm. centre off, but he hasn't, he hasn't really played much as, or as much as he would have liked. But, you know, taking that kind of position out of the role, uh, everybody else has been playing. Um, you know, Christian Atsu's he came back mm. from the African Nations and you know, he was in and out of the side, but he was in and out of the side if you know what I mean. He was playing, he was he was getting game time. And that's throughout the squad which, you know, when like I said, when somebody does um go out of the side, the person who's replacing them is not coming in from the cold having not, you know, played for forever however long ago it was. Uh, and that but that's what Brighton are gonna face now. If they do lose them players that you know, they've got such a small squad, the person coming in isn't going to be, you know, kind of match ready to be able to go straight into the firing line. Yeah, it's, it, I think with, with, you know, the thing is, I think because everybody, I don't think, because nobody really expected Newcastle to win both them games, I think it's probably, it's shook up the league, hasn't it? Like, you know, the, the, the teams that were really, really bearing down on us, they're starting to to have wobbles as well. It's it's like a, it's a reverberation around the whole league because you know I think everybody seems to want to see Newcastle in some respects get caught by by the likes of yeah. Brighton, by by the by the Reading, Leeds United, and the thing is that's the thing, isn't it? We just keep on marching on, and I, it, it's it is a bit a bit weird, doesn't it, Peter? Where we seem to be more comfortable away from home than we actually are at yeah. home and. It's odd, isn't it? It's never. I've never found this in Newcastle. It's a bit weird to me. I mean, they've always they've been the clear favourites from the get-go. Everybody's talked about how good the squad is, and you know they're they're destined to be champions and things like that. And they've actually gone. And whilst they haven't played the greatest of football throughout the season, they've gone and done what they needed to do and get results. And you know, everybody kind of started talking about, oh, you know, they're, they're having a bit of stuttering form. Could they be caught? Could they be caught? And then you know they go and bang two wins out the trot against the, the main rivals. And all of a sudden, you know, people are just, I think, have taken a little bit of a step back and go, you know, is Newcastle really are the real deal? Everybody's talked about, you know, being the, the champion to uh, select and, and that they're going to go and, you know, win it at Canter. But I don't think anybody really believed that they were going to go and do it. Um, and now they're, you know, starting to show the, the true, you know, grit and determination that, you know, needs to be shown by champions. And, the, and they are going and doing what people are, you know, kind of predicting, which... I think, like you said, it's just kind of sent a little bit of reverberations to the rest of the league and people maybe thought that they were going to be able to catch Newcastle and catch Brighton. All of a sudden, they're just going to be able to catch Brighton because Newcastle, are not, they're not going to run away with it, but they're starting to pull away at the key stage of the season. 
It was a lovely goal by Murphy though when he when he made he was put through against Huddersfield and instantaneously didn't he? He just put it back in. Like that's a sign of a you know, real person, a real quality striker that knows that he's gone up a level with Newcastle, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean exactly. I mean I've I've played against Dal for, for many years and know how much of a handful he really is and you know, I think there was a few eyebrows raised when, when you know Rafa brought him in. But again, like we talked about, Neil said before, about mm. Rafa talking about April, Rafa predicted that he was going, Murphy was going to be the player that he needed come the latter stage of the season. He was going to be the, that experienced head up front, a player who's been there, done it, you know, won promotions, you know, international player. And, you know, again, he's predict, what he's predicted is, is, you know, coming true that Daryl Murphy is now starting to become, you know, the, the linchpin of Newcastle's attacking force, which is, Again, great to see, and it's going to have a little bit of internal competition between him and Dwight Gale for that starting spot, which you know can only bring the best out of Dwight as well and Mitrovic, as who we've just spoken about. So it's it's good to see Daryl coming through. You know he's had a few injury uh, problems since he's been here, but now that he's fit and healthy and uh, and firing all cylinders, it's it's uh, it's a big it's a big boost for Newcastle. I think the one thing um, I've found is I think Steve Hasty talked about it a while ago. Um, the one thing about Mitrovic, when he watches Daryl Murphy, and the way that he, you know, he, he, the way that he plays his game, brings in the team, does everything the right way. Um, the one thing that surprised me, Mitrovic hasn't changed, doesn't seem to have changed his game. He, he does it once in yeah. a while, doesn't he? He seems to like, he seems to get it, but a lot of time he doesn't. And and I think I remember Steve says, you know what, as a player. Like I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question, um, but if if you could get in touch with Alan Shearer, Les Ferdinand, and do it on your own, and get to speak to these guys, and get them on the get them on the field to help you, just off your own back, you know, you can't expect a manager to do it because the manager's focused on winning it. Would it not be a good idea for Mitrovic uh, to do that, to to bring somebody in to say, listen? You know, you, this is this is what I used to do. This, you know, it, it would be it would be so good for his education, even as a young person, to reach out to to any particular striker that's faced the gauntlet that he has faced all season with with criticism. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's in an ideal world, yeah, you would love to bring Alan Shearer back in and, and you know get him to work with him, but you know, it's it's. It would be hard for something like that to happen, but you know I think what he's got to do is he's got, like you said, he's just got to look at what Daryl Murphy's doing at the minute because mm-hmm. they are similar kind of players. Um, learn from him, you know, ask him questions, things like that, and and I think he is the kind of guy that would do that. Um, you know, from, from watching him in, in training, the the odd time that I did manage to catch mm-hmm. him, he is learning. You've got to remember he's still young. He's only what 22, 21, 22. Yeah. He's still a young player. He's not the finished article which everybody thinks. Uh, that he is already he's, he's still learning his way in the game and I think over time with, with the correct coaching which I'm sure he's getting at Newcastle with, with you know with Rafa Benitez and his staff he, he will you know over time become uh, a better player a better goal scorer and a better teammate for for the whole club I think well, what's your reaction what do you think the score is going to be tomorrow when they when they play Redden which is amazingly not on TV shocking unbelievable I can't no, believe no. that one yeah I know I'm hoping I'm hoping to try and find it somewhere over here. Um, <laughs> it'll be on about lunchtime. I would have thought something like that. So I don't know. I'd, I'd just go and get a positive result. You know, they're, they're getting the two wins back to back has enabled them to go down and 
and kind of not enjoy the game, but you know they can kind of afford to to drop a couple of points if need be. They don't have to go and win it. It would be a big statement again if they could go and mm-hmm. down and win, which I think I think they will. I do think they'll go and win at Redden. Um, I hope they do. Um, but you know because of over these back-to-back results, um, it has allowed them to be able to go down and uh, and hopefully um, play with a little bit more freedom. Like you said, they've been playing really well away from home. So hopefully, long may that continue. With uh, if Phoenix Rising obviously look to get a stadium, um, how many supporters? What what? Um, how many supporters would they look to get into that well, looking, uh, stadium? Yeah, we're looking at we're we're, we're currently building um, a stadium at the minute. It's just going to at this moment in time. It's kind of going to be a, a it's, they're calling it a pop up stadium. Uh, it's currently going to hold I think between six and seven thousand. Uh, they're hoping that will uh, you know be full. For the first game, we play our first game on the 25th of March. Um, you know, I'm hoping for 6,000 there. Uh, we're building a new training complex on on the site as well. Going forward, I think they're looking at you know a, a bigger stadium. They've got the plot of land that they've got is is a huge area. It's just off the the main freeway. Um, they're looking, they're speaking to the local council and or government or whoever, whatever it is mm-hmm. over here about a, a train line that will that will run to the the stadium too, which you know will help bring more supporters. Uh, over to that side of the, the city, which um, it's all good for for the future, and hopefully, you know, we get the six thousand coming in, and then you know, there's going to be more demand for more, and they can build a bigger stadium. And when it comes to the MLS, and if, hopefully, if they get it, they can have a you know a, an expanded stadium uh, that can hold you know more people than that. Yeah, it seems to be this seems to be getting bigger and bigger. The MLS, isn't it? They're, um, they're, they're starting to show more games. Um, I, I yeah. was I was I was wondering what what would happen to you if the Chinese league came in for you. <laughs> oh, Imagine it can happen. Of, yeah, I know. Ah, of course it can. There would have to be a lot of zeros on the uh, on the end of the <laughs> on the end of the to, to get me to go over there. But now we'll we'll wait and see. You know, I'm enjoying. Like I said, I'm enjoying it over here. With um, you know, I'm five minutes from time. I'm going out to train in the beautiful mm. sunshine, which you know will be it'll be great great to do. Um, you know, be able to go for a nice relaxing stroll later on, watch a Chelsea game and. Uh, and then you know enjoy the lifestyle out here, which you know, I'm not sure you can do that in China. And he spoke to Alan. Obviously, Alan Shearer is he's just come. He's just well, he's, uh, the Premier League have just gone to to India. It seems to be hotting up yeah, there as I've well. Isn't it? Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen uh, no chops as Michael Chopper's out there at the minute mm-hmm. doing a bit of uh, TV work and and progressing. Um, I think he's he's doing a bit of grassroots stuff. Um, and he's yeah, I spoke to him the other day, and he said he was you know. Uh, Big Al was out there. I, I, I haven't spoken to Al. I haven't spoken to Al for, for years. Uh, but he's, I know I've seen obviously on the social sites that he was out there, and um, it's great for the Indians that, that he's doing that. Like I said to you uh, the last time I was on, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a league that's gonna that hopefully will take off. Maybe not as much as it's taken off in China, but you know it's got the it's got the foundations there to to progress, and hopefully it does for for the country. Um, and you know people like Alan Shearer going out to promote. You know, football out there can only help enhance that too. It's interesting, isn't it? When you when you look, it's it's amazing that everywhere in the big the big continents, they're looking to um, you know get more involved in in those continents to bring them more. But it, it's interesting, isn't it? That the one the one franchise that everybody expected to be one of the big ones, especially over in the, in the US in Miami, nothing's happening. It's amazing, really, isn't it? Yeah, I know it is. Uh, there was a little bit on the TV that I was catching. Uh, you would die if you lived there. Um, 
imagine. Oh, I know. I know. It's just uh, some place to have a franchise. I think that's the that's the logistics of it. It's trying to find you know a suitable area to to bring it up. I think it will happen. Everybody seem over here seems to think it will happen. Um, it's just a matter of when. I think. Uh, hopefully for for Beckham and, and his organisation, it'd, it'd be great. It'd be great for him to have that, and it'd be great for the for the country to have an, uh, a team in, in Miami. Um, but you know, we'll just wait and see on that one. Well, they've got to they're going to have to build a, something to cover the stadium because there's no way you can play football in that weather. Well, I'll try and play out here. It's even hotter in the desert over here. I mean, we we play it at 7 o'clock or half 7 at night 8 o'clock at night and it's still over 100 degrees which um, it's pretty hot so I can under, I can understand what they're trying to do over there in Miami to, to keep the temperature down I mean Neil will probably tell you what it, uh, like in Dubai as well to play football out in that heat it's, it's hard um, but you know, you just, it's, sometimes you can use that to your advantage uh, and you know that's what we try to do over here and I'm sure that Miami will try to do that if they get their franchise Are you going to be new are you going to are you going to do more radio work with uh, TalkSport? Are you going to be doing uh, more stuff? I'm going to, yeah, I, I, I know Jeff. I've known Jeff for a few years and, you know, get, trying to get on in the odds on times when, when needed. Um, he's a great bloke and he's, he's helped me with, with that side of things and, uh, and given me some tips on the trade and, and what to say and what not to say and things like that. And, yeah, it would be lovely to, to keep doing that. Uh, hopefully I will do when I'm out here. No, you can, you can always say what you want, Peter. That's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know it's, it's, it is. It is. That's a good thing about and Jeff. That's what kind of Jeff said. I mean, he's, he's brilliant. He's, you know, he's a he's a veteran of the the talk sports kind of scene. And um, you know, his show is on in the middle of the night, um, which is kind of middle of the day for us. Which is uh, it's a good com- uh, compromise for, for both of us. So it's, yeah, it'll be lovely to do more. Hopefully down the line I'll be able to do that. But like I said, first and foremost, I've uh, I've got the football side of things to to try and uh, continue progressing. Yeah, I've got. I know. I know you've got to go in a minute. Um, the travelling must be. Is the travelling in that league? Is it? Is it getting harder and harder? Uh, is, are, you, yeah, are you going major distances still? Yeah, we. I mean, we 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 bust to. Or we're going to LA for for pre for a couple of pre-season games on on Wednesday, and we'll be busting it, which is about a six-hour drive. Um, but yeah. uh, you know, further than that, we we fly everywhere. Um, it's 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 impossible to drive. Uh, I mean. Some of the guys who are new into the uh, new into the team played for previous clubs who did bus most of the journeys, and you know, talking about 14, 15, 16 hour bus journeys, which is, um, you know, it's hard. But yeah, you know, we're fortunate enough to have owners who are allowing us to fly to games, which you know is a major help uh, in you know recovery and preparation for games. You didn't you didn't get stopped by Mr. Trump when you flew in? <laughs> no, I didn't. Fortunately, um, we've we've actually we've got one player who's. Who's um, who we signed? Uh, Moses Dante, I think his name is, and uh, we haven't met him yet. But he's from Sudan, and I think he's having oh. a few issues with his visa at the moment. Um, I don't know whether that's due to due to Donald and his uh, and his regulations, or whether it's it's something else. But you know, we're just putting two and two together and and thinking it's it's got something to do with uh, you know that him being from Sudan. So we'll wait and see. Hopefully, you know, it's, at the, apparently it's it's all getting sorted now. Uh, and hopefully you know you'll be, you'll be joining us in the next couple of days. Well, he's just reintroduced it today, so he might he might you know, have a few more problems nah, going on. Nah, yeah, it's, uh, never mind. it's not good, is it? No. Nah, well, the thing is, if you look at if you look at Indians, that you know they're, they're targeting Indians as well over there, so all bets are off with that country at the moment. Yeah, I know it, it is a, a strange situation. It's a strange mm. situation, but. 
like I said, he's the president. He can do what he wants. Yeah, exactly. He's got he's got the mandate, hasn't he? Well, thanks so much yeah. for coming on, Peter. I know you've got to head no off to you. Uh, it's been a pleasure, mate. And remember, when you speak to yeah. Michael Chopra, we'll try and get him on. If you can speak to him, okay? I will do. I'll, I'll no text you in a minute. Thanks, Cheers, Peter. Andrew. You've been tremendous. Cheers, Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers, Cheers, Cheers mate. Bye-bye. It's always great to have Peter on. He's so fantastic, isn't he? Mm. Brilliant. Talk about yeah. everything. Presidents. I, I, I nearly talked about the NFL, but we didn't have enough time because I know he has to go to training. Uh, well, I'm going to join in on that one as well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, next caller of this, ev- this evening is Steve Hasey from Newcastle's Fans Forum. Good evening, Steve. How are you? I'm very well, Andrew. That was a great call there from uh, from Peter. It's great to listen to him talking because for someone who's at the swan song of his career, mm. and I don't mean that as an insult, mm. uh, the enthusiasm that he still has for football and for playing the game as well is, is absolutely brilliant. You know, I, I mean, you, you do, uh, you do really feel... As though he's he's loving his lifestyle at the moment and loving mm. everything that, that's coming his way, and I'm I'm pleased for the lad, you know. Mm. Yeah, he's doing really well. Uh, it's it's interesting uh, when it comes to the Americans and, and like you know I heard that their their main man Don Don Garber talk about. Like the, the Americans are really going for it when it comes to their football over there. Like more and more teams are coming in, and he still stands on his little pedestal and he says. Oh yeah, we're doing really well, but we're going to stick to the same format we've 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 done playoffs. Any team can win it, but everybody knows the only way to go is prom- promotion relegation. But the only way they can do that is if they have more and more teams and um, you know big teams as well to 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 come into it and make it a viable option. But I don't think I can't imagine America having 92 clubs. As, as part of a league, it's never. That's the problem. I I understand because they go mad. Some of them, you know, they want pro, promotion regulation. But unless you've got a massive, massive league, it's not. They're not going to do it because if they want any team to win it, well, you know, they're going to have to start well, from somewhere. I think you've got to realise that the, the way that football franchises are run, mm. soccer franchises, American football franchises, baseball, everything, you know, mm. bas- uh, basketball, it, it's all geared to the, to the owner, it's all geared to the money-making operation, and it's geared to the the, the downside, the lack of, of, a, of a risk of failure, you know? And mm. so those guys come into it because they don't want to fail. In other words, they don't want to be that team relegated. They don't mind finishing bottom of a... Of a, of a league knowing that they're going to carry on the next time and the money keeps getting generated but what they don't want is they don't want to fall off the end of a cliff after they've put their investment in and you know I, I don't think I think it's just the American psyche you know it, it's the way that it follows the fans may want something different and they may like the idea of, of, uh, of promotion and relegation um, but I think that from an owner's perspective and the way that the franchises are put together um when the investment comes in, it's got to be guaranteed for X number of years, and they're looking for that. They're looking for their way out before they've got it in. You know, um, it's just a, just the way that the American sports are structured, and, and it always has been like that. You know, uh, getting getting back to obviously Newcastle United. I think um, the the main thing for you has been the fans forum that came out last week. The minutes of that. Um, I'll give you. Obviously, I've read about the fact that what happened in the January window, and. Um, actually, the one thing I actually found out about Neil things, but normally there's always a massive reaction, isn't there, to the, the fans forum? People get really, really, really up up about it, or they have diff- so many different opinions about what's been going on and what the club are saying. Um, what did you think about it, Neil? I, I, actually, I read it. Normally, I I, I read a, 
a little bit about it, but um, what did you think about the, the fans forming them? We'll ask Neil, uh, we'll then ask Steve. Well, I, I mean, look, there's, there's not a lot they can say at the moment because there's, there's things happening, but they can mm. announce them publicly. There's the new sponsorship deal. Mm. The, it looks like the, sh- the, shirt, the shirt deal with Puma is going to be continued and it all has mm. to be. As Steve and I know from talking way back when from discussions with Derek Lambias about mm. sponsorship and you, you, these decisions have to be made a significant time in advance for lead times for shirts. But they can't really release anything. Um, it, the, it, the club will probably pick their words very carefully about what's happened in January. We all really know what was happening in yeah, January. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah. it's been made quite clear um, from, from Rafa's side of things that there's an intention there. Um, I think what's interesting is we're moving into a time where we've got a lot more unity in mm, the club and true. unity in the fan base that hasn't been around for a while. Um, and normally there'd be an agitator or a stirrer or somebody mm. champing at the bit to get into the fans' for minutes and rip them apart and pick every mm. word apart. And it's a lot more calm and a lot mm. more measured response in that respect and that we're doing more together as a fan base. And I think that's a significant thing. And... I, and there's not a lot for people to have a pick at because the club have learned about communication and about keeping fans informed. And I think Steve mm. would say would, would agree that the club on a communication front is light years ahead of where it was when we tried to start to engage with the club again. Again, Thinking back, Steve, to that horrible first meeting with Derek Lambias when he went all red-faced <laughs> and pointy-fingered. Um... And I, and I think we, the club's in a very different place. And I think that's why when the fans' forum minutes come out now, there's, there's a lot less furore and ire and anger about it. It's more measured and calm response because everybody's pulling in the same direction. And isn't that refreshing, Steve? Yes, you're quite right. I mean, there's obviously there are always going to be issues about you know about one thing or another. There was, you know, the fans some of the things that, that came through to us that we we passed over that were covered in general, you know, you, you, we didn't, I don't think the club decided to sort of take them on sp- as specific issues, but they rolled the issues all together, in, uh, you know, because I think 80% of the questions I got were, what happened in January? <laughs> what happened yeah. to the signings? Um, why didn't we sign anyone? And mm. um, to be perfectly honest, um, Lee Charlie went through the whole uh, from start to finish, you know, the, the the whole process and what was involved and how they were trying for players, um, how the goalposts were moved on on a number of occasions and how um, they 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 tried until the death and you know the and it it comes over very honest and it comes over quite forthright and uh, quite believable and. Um, he, he laid, you know, the, the fact that Rafa was upset, which we all knew, and he accepted mm-hmm. that Rafa was upset. He also accepted that the following day, him and or the following week, him and Rafa were sitting down together, talking about the signings that, that they're looking at now already mm-hmm. for uh, the, the close season. Um, they have lists drawn up of players, depending on which league they're in, and obviously that, you know, they're, they're covering every base there. Um, and we hope that one list does get ripped up, and it's the one that we all want ripped up, <laughs> and that we're sticking to the to the to the what hopefully is a, a more elongated and more quality thick uh, list. Um, so from that respect, it, it, Neil Neil is absolutely right that the the whole 
situation around the club, the whole feeling around the club, the buzz that there is about football club at the moment, and and the excitement that there is on match days and uh, everything, you know, the way that the, the chronicle is of picking up stories and not running with anything that's controversial. They're not digging around looking within stories for stories. Um, the players seem quite unified. I mean, the, the fact that you saw there, there was that event last night with mm-hmm. with a, a superstar boxer coming mm-hmm. to the northeast East in Mayweather and, you know, there's, you know, four or five of the squad turning up. Um, and and being in awe of being around Floyd Mayweather, and uh, you know it's the fact that, that Steve Wraith's done so much work around the club and and with the players, with ex players, and building up relationships and rapport with players, um, that he's able to to you know have the likes of Darlow and Murphy and Kieran Clark uh, turning up at these events and and taking part and. And feeling as though they're they're just fans of Floyd Mayweather, you know, you know that that those type of things. When that happens, then you know that there's a good buzz going around among the squad. The, the squad are wanting to be out. The cells was there as well. So you know, I, I, everything about Newcastle is great at the moment. The results are, are coming on fine. Um, I know that you you mentioned earlier a little bit of sort of um, criticism of of playing Gufran. You know what? When when the team was announced, I just went. This is going to be interesting. Let's see how it, how it plays out. Um, because we're not there to criticise. We're there to we're there to learn. We're there to engage. We're there to to, to see what Rafa's thoughts are. And I think in both games, um, he got it absolutely spot on. He knew what he wanted. He had a system that he wanted to play. I think mean, on Saturday he said that he had um, he had gone out with a game plan that had worked to absolute perfection. And he was absolutely delighted with the with the team and the way that they conducted themselves and the way that they they sort of really held their own um, defensively and scored three goals away from home again, you know. Um, and and some you know some people are saying that we rode our luck. You know what? That's only what our first penalty in the league this season. Mm-hmm. Brighton have had ten or something, and you know Redden have had eleven. You know, and if, if if being tripped over in the box is riding your luck, or if a goalkeeper sliding out and deciding he can control the ball with only one hand and not two is 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 riding your luck, um, hey, great, I'll take it every time. I think uh, the the one thing I'll say about the fans forum, actually, normally the one person um, who gets who normally puts that information, whatever, like like yourself. Taylor, Taylor gets absolutely when it's when it when there's bad He's bad news. Anymore, that's why. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Taylor, Taylor's done his Taylor's done his two year stint and oh, right. off in the summer. Oh, um, right. And what happens is like a two year rotation yeah. um, among uh, the, the different sections of the of uh, of, of the sport. Um, mm. Those who cover um, various parts. So if you're covering the Gallagher end, the Leeds end, or mm. whatever. Um, so they do a two-year rotation, and it swaps every year. So you're on for two years, um, and then in the in the second year, um, another group come along and replace the first six, and, and so it so it filters its way through. Um, so Taylor's Taylor's position was up in in August, and he was he was replaced by another another supporter who comes in and covers that sort of area and brings possibly a new perspective or the mm-hmm. same perspective, or. Um, or however it plays out, and it, it refreshes the, the forum. It was great because um, you've got six or eight new faces around the table. You're, you're listening to, the, to their opinions. You're listening to. You're seeing some of the questions. I, I helped some of them in the week beforehand. 
um, who were contacting us, wanting to know what the, the format of, a, of the forum is and whether the you know the certain questions that they wanted had these been raised before, and mm. um, because they didn't have a chance to go through previous minutes and they wanted to raise various topics, and I was able to point out, yeah, that was raised, but there's nothing to stop you raising it again. And you know, I've liaised with with Lee Marshall and, and let him know that this was happening, and Lee was copied into everything, so he was aware, and and it was great because that shows that. That fans out there are caring, you know, they're caring for what's happening mm-hmm. with the football club, um, and the the club is not not too concerned when subjects that have already been covered get get resurrected and and revised or revisited rather. That's probably a better way to put it. Um, well, I've the, got the, one thing to bring up. Go on then. Okay. Um, Neil, answer this first, and then Steve can do it. Give him a bit of time. Um, the interesting thing I saw. Uh, what I read, obviously, we had our esteemed Freddie uh, Shepherd um, come out talk about um, Mr. Ashley again. There's a two-point question here, but um, he turned around. And he says, "Listen, um, when I when I heard about that deal, I wouldn't have done that deal for Founders Transit. A, how the hell would he know? B, I know how he knows, and C." Um, with Mike Ashley now being linked with Rangers, um, is that deal allowed to go through? You can answer each of them if you want, Neil, and then Steve can answer it. Well, um, I've got a fourth I actually, but anyway. I, I, know, I know how he knows as well, or I've got a good idea <laughs> how he knows as well. Um, does he, when he, came, when he came out and said that, I think that's mm. actually quite significant because I think yeah. Billy Shepard would have done all kinds of deals. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he did deals quite carelessly. You know, yeah. the, the benefit of hindsight mm-hmm. uh, makes us all geniuses, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and certainly on the face of it, from what I understand, the deal that was proposed, no, it was a nonsense deal, and there's no way we should have done it. Mm-hmm. Not really. We, we would have had to. It actually would have shown a bit of desperation on our part to do it, mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody's going to show that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Mike Ashley and Dr- Rangers. He was never. He, he's never gone away. They were. They were dancing and singing, t- talking about they got rid of him, but he never went away. Yeah. And this is this is the thing with it. He never went away, and he's pretty persistent and determined. Although um, they might be running out in lingerie next season. <laughs> other purchases he's made of late. Who knows? Mm. But um, look, he can see the potential of getting that club. That club, for a lot less than what he has to put in Newcastle United, could be wearing Sports Direct on their shirts in the Champions mm. League quite quite comfortably. Yeah. And that's exactly what he wants. That's the mm. prize he wants. Is he wants that. And, and he'll get it easier through Rangers. Mm. And he will True. find a way to own both clubs. I've got no doubt about it. And I've always felt that he would find a way to do it. Mm. Um, and, and, and I still think he'll find a way to do it. Because... Um, there are many, many, many other owners, and let's look at Chelsea's for a start, mm-hmm. who's had part ownership in other clubs through companies that he owns. Mm-hmm. So there's absolutely bound to be a way that might actually will make it work, because he'll, he'll have every lawyer he can on it. If he that's the price he wants, he will go and get it. Steve, before I, before I let you answer the question, the interesting thing is, right, Freddie Shepard, no matter who he found out that information... Steve should never, ever 
be told about a Newcastle deal and be allowed to go public with it because that to me just tells me a lot it tells me a lot anyway I, obviously you don't mind it because it's gossip right the other day he's coming out with gossip but to me he's endangering the person involved with Newcastle United if he's if he's been told that information because it just comes across is that it's shit stirring and I don't mind the gossip because yeah, we all live for the gossip in Newcastle United. But I just thought it was a bit crass that he come out and said, "Well, the, the deal wasn't a very good deal." Well, the only reason he could find out was by somebody involved in Newcastle United. Um, Tom, go ahead, Steve. Well, it was said at the fans' forum that the deal wasn't a good deal because, as far as the club were concerned, mm-hmm. um, and they talked around the player and eventually named the player because we all knew who the player was. Yeah. Uh, they said that that. They didn't think the player was any better player six months after they sold him, yeah. um, when in those six months he'd hardly played a game. And they were, yet they were being asked to pay more money than they had sold him for. And they, they rightly thought that the player wasn't worth as much as, as the, the, the club were demanding. Um, and a lot of a lot of what obviously went on was, was around that fee. There was also the fact that they wanted a they wanted on top of that the uh, the loan fee, and that was that was that was said at the meeting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Freddie Shetland, Freddie Shetland just he'll just play it to the play it to the Chronicle, and mm-hmm. you play it to you know whatever court that happens to be around. Um, if they can't get Freddie, then they'll get Sir John Hall. Um, Freddie yeah, Freddie says Freddie says the things that. That uh, and it's quite interesting. Doesn't it? In nine times out of ten, when Freddie Shepherd comes out, he doesn't actually mm. criticise me. Actually, yeah, he kind no. of backs him up. Exactly. He kind yeah. of says, well, I would have done exactly the same. I would have done exactly the same. Um, and and I, 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 everything that, that that gets said that doesn't come from you know or comes from a source like that, I just realise uh, to me it's just it's just someone else's opinion. That's Freddie's opinion. Mm. Whether Freddie thinks he's got a lead in that gives him information and he thinks it's true or not, whether it's coming from through his son and through the agents that his son uh, works for or whether it comes from within the football club itself because he's he's yeah. still got people in there, um, whether, it, whether it comes from... Uh, and, and, and it's someone who wants him to say something particularly so he gets fed it and he believes it. I don't know, and I'm, I'm not really bothered because mm. at the end of the day, it doesn't it doesn't make any hit of a difference to me what Freddie mm. Shepard thinks and what Freddie Shepard's opinion is, um, because I have my own opinion and I have my own thoughts, and and I, and I I respect just as much the thoughts and opinions of the people that I meet in the pub or the people mm. that I meet. Um, and sit around on match days, or the people that I talk to at work about football, um, or people, or people like yourselves, then then yeah. Freddie Shepard, who I don't know, and yeah. perfectly honest, I've, I've only ever met once in my entire life, and that was just at the local corner shop when I was buying a newspaper. Um, <laughs> even though you just live next door to a friend of mine, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I, I, that's, well, we that's, can actually me and Neil can do some me and Neil can do some deals with him on real estate. So you never know. You, you might hear about that soon if I can get an in with Mister Shepherd. <laughs> the, the other question I've got: in people always. I would, I would, all, I, all I can say is that if that's what you're thinking, I would I would hear well clear my knowledge of what's happened in real estate in the past, but if there's anything to go by. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, the, the one the one thing is obviously people talk about the fun the 
the fun factor with Newcastle, everybody's pulling the right direction. It a lot of this um, with everything surrounding uh, Raf Benitez, it's all moot really because the only time I want to like I'll be able to sit there and relax is when, it, when we get to the end of the season and whatever happens, we go up, we, we go up as champions. To me, um, to, I think two things are going to happen because uh, I, I don't think they'll happen simultaneously anyway. But um, if he buys Rangers, when he's clearly gearing up to do it, like he does with Mr. Moxley from his media partner, um, I think that was discussed in the fans' forum, wasn't it? I think it, it was, was actually. Question, yeah, it was good. Out, it was pointed out that the uh, yeah that, that it may appear that the Daily Mirror is a media partner, mm. but uh, as the club pointed out straight away, there's one thing having a media partner. There's another thing is that you have absolutely no editorial control over what that media partner is going to put out, mm. and um, and did say that the stories that had been in the newspapers were a lot of rubbish. <laughs> and yeah. that was from my media partner, and we wanted it, you know, that was the, <laughs> one of the main questions that had come to me, uh, you know, the fact that the, the stories were believable by Newcastle fans, because the mm. club said, you know, it was asked at the meeting, why do you think you believe it? Why do you think what gets said in the newspaper is true? You know, we've said, you know, well, we're not Donald Trump, you know. We don't, we don't think everything is, is, is media lies and fake news. Um, but it was pointed out that, well, we have no control over what they do. We can, you know, that's, True, that's yeah. the way it is. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, Neil, when you, when, you look, when you look at the way things are going, um, if Newcastle go up or whatever happens, happens, um, Neil, yeah, Steve, you can answer this second, but... When you when you look at the what's going to be needed for when we go up, you're looking at huge numbers in that mm-hmm. to improve that squad. And I think I heard, and I, I like it might be a it might be a huge ask, but we're looking at probably well I, I keep on hearing two hundred million uh, more or less just to keep up with the keep up with the the current other Premier League teams who just basically spend the money to to keep you know keep this keep them where they are and obviously the smaller clubs look at the whole cities look at the Sunderlands and now you look at Middlesbrough um, they're all going down pretty they're all going to go down pretty quickly because you know if you don't spend the money in that league um, you, you're going to you're going to you're going to you know you're going to be found out pretty quickly yeah and and if he stays more, all the more reason for we're not to have wasted money in January mm. On players that we would might then potentially have to replace. Uh, they were either going to do a deal that was going to bring somebody in mm. that was Premiership ready, or a loan, and that was it. it we, we were looking for a unicorn, really. Uh, mm. When you think about it, with hindsight, we're, we were chasing unicorns uh, in that January window because why buy a player that you've then got to get rid, got sh- got to get shot off who's not mm. ready? We went down with too many players like that in the squad. You know? Mm. We went down with too many players that weren't really up to it, that we couldn't get shot of. Grace was still paying Harris Vukic a wage, for God's sakes. Yeah, but... Look, you just have to look down at the side and you see a, a, mm. a club that is completely tied up with players yes. on premiership wages. Yes, exactly. On contracts that go on and on and on. And those players have absolutely no value to the club, but the club can't re- get rid of. You know, nobody will take them off their hands because the players are quite comfortable to pick up the fifty and sixty thousand mm. pounds a week um, and not play. You know, um, 
and you 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 ask any Sunderland fan, and they're, they're tearing their hair out at some of the players that they've got. Some of the players they've got out on loan, some of the players that that they've got in that squad who, you know, they they want they wanted out two years ago. You look at the fact that when they do go down, because I think they will go down, yeah, definitely go um, down. They've only got I think they've only got two players in that squad that will generate more money than than they paid for. Um, and that's probably Pickford, the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. who has been there as a youngster, and and Defoe because someone might pay money for to take Defoe off their hands. But there again, he, I don't know how long he'll have left on his contract by then. Mm-hmm. And and the the less there is on the contract, then the less the club gets for the player. And mm-hmm. I'm sure if they go down, then Defoe will be long gone. But well, they'll, they'll have they'll have nothing in the form of income to come in in the same way as we sold the Wijnaldum for twice mm-hmm. as much money. And we sold uh, a Sissoko for ten times as much money. They've got nothing like that. Um, yeah, because you can't imagine Pickford around. going for. You can imagine Pickford going for. Well, ten million, maybe? ten million, possibly maybe less. Yeah, because they reckon yeah, he's going to be the next yeah, England goalkeeper. Yeah. Well, let's say he goes to Arsenal for ten million yeah. quid. You know. Yeah. Um, what's ten million quid going to do when you're already languishing mm. with massive debt? And you've just been relegated, you know. If you'd sold two players and you'd got fifty million pounds, I'd been relegated and was sitting with thirty odd million pound in the bank. Mm-hmm. Then that's a different matter, you know. <laughs> as happened to us. You know? How much do you think Newcastle, if, if when, if and when we go up, um, do you think obviously it's, it's going to be linked to everything's linked to Rafa Benitez staying in in the summer? But how much do you think Newcastle would have to spend? To, to basically uh, buy the squad to compete week in, week out in the Premier League? I don't know because it all depends on the type, where you're getting your players from. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's not football manager, you know, where you can mm. or fantasy football league where you can say, you know, oh yeah. And this is the one thing that people are, oh, he's worth, he's worth mm. 30 million, but he's worth 10 million. And he's worth, and, and you just, it just, it just baffles me that mm. the figures that get bandied around and, I'm sure Rafa's got aims in the fire from abroad. He's, and the club is the club is not going to be held to ransom. That's the one thing you can guarantee. It's not going to be held to ransom. They'll they'll have drawn up. They'll have a they'll have a, a, an amount of money that they're going to they're going to spend. God knows what it is, but that that amount of money, I mean, uh, doesn't necessarily mean it'll all get spent. They'll if they could if they had a player that they had lined up that some somebody decided was worth thirty million, but they could get him for fifteen. Uh, they would obviously only pay the 15. Mm. Would we be upset because we didn't pay 30 million for him? If if we can pick up a player for five million quid, mm. and he's a top class player, you know, and and the, and he's going to add to the squad, um, and and play week in week out, um, I'd much rather have the five million than the 10 or 15 million pound player who's not been in playing for somebody else's club. But it, it's you, you cannot. You, you kind of put a figure on it. At least I can't, Andrew. No, yeah. I think uh, the, the, the I think the nuts and bolts is going to be, uh, you know, at the start of the season, he, he complete uh, Mike Ashley completely trusted um, um, Rafa Benitez with do, doing it his way. Uh, we may or may not have seen a reaction in the January window. Fair enough, you know, he's he's the man in charge. Um, but I think until we find out, you know, we'll find out soon enough, won't we? When when the season comes to an end, and whether Mike Ashley, um, two things are going to happen. He's either going to let him 
um, given the money, say right, whatever it takes to to get the squad to to get us, you know, do well in the Premiership, or he goes to Rangers and he's allowed because I know he's allowed to keep both anyway. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think people. I think last season when we were in when we were in the Maya and going down, um, it was even it was suggested then, and people were saying the same thing. Oh, he's, I don't, he's not allowed to. But after a bit of research, he is that they're in separate leagues in separate countries effectively, so he, he can buy whoever he wants to buy. Because as other as other big um, you know billionaires have shown, you can buy clubs in the US. You can buy clubs in the in England. It's it's not really a factor as long as, as long as it's okayed by the the Premier by the Championship by the FA. Um, I think with um, with um, sorry Neil, can you jump in for a second? I've just got to quickly do something. He's back in. Dogs off the microphone again. By the sound of it, Jesus. <laughs> Didn't didn't Neil didn't they uh, didn't the owner of Tottenham uh, also own a team in Greece? Uh, or that owned a number of things. At one yep. point, Tottenham were owned by Enic Group, right. and they had uh, they had a multiple teams around the world, and there was conflict of interest. I think they had a I think they had teams in multiple parts of funny parts of Europe, like you know what you wouldn't expect, like Greece and a few other bits and places. It, it is entirely doable cross border. Mm. There's no doubt about that. I know um, at one point um, the Chelsea owner. It was named totally escaped. Abramovich. <laughs> Abramovich. Thank you very much. Um, his company, Gazprom, mm. was the main sponsor and part owner of one of the Moscow teams. Mm. And there was right. questions asked when they played each other in the in the <laughs> Champions League or UEFA Cup picture. I can't remember which. Um, so it's all entirely doable. And the, the, where there's a will, there's a way. And Ashley's proved time and time again when he buys things, certainly when he buys... Well, lingerie firms at the moment, um, amongst other things. But when he buys some of the sport and goods things he bought, when he makes his mind up he wants to get something, it doesn't matter what barriers on the, barriers are in the way. Um, the barriers you find the way around. And well, he'd so probably bring in lamb buyers again, wouldn't he? And pardon you in some respects. I think the whole Rangers thing is is is. Is mired in all sorts of, of problems for a mind, mm. if the truth be known. Um, the, the the animosity of the fans for mm. a start, and I know people say, "Oh, you'll, you'll not be bothered with that," um, but I think the, I think the Scottish FA will be bothered by it. Um, I think that there's there's the, the animosity between him and King, um, mm. and where that leads, King, however, hasn't put the money in that was expected of him. Um, he promised. I think they're still waiting for for the the. The, the, the first tranche of money that he was going to put in. I mean, the Rangers are, are, are light years away from where Celtic are at the minute in terms of the, the quality of football that they're playing. Um, and yet they're still sitting there, what, second, third in the league. Um, they're in the semi-final of the Cup. But if anybody's watched any of the any of the football, mm. I, mean, I shouldn't say too much, mind. I'm going to Glasgow next Saturday, next Sunday. <laughs> And I've just I've just been informed by my wife that it's the Celtic Rangers game on at the same time as we're arriving. Um, so that that was a bad move on my behalf. So maybe I should steer clear of, of talking about Celtic and Rangers and well, Scottish football for the moment. Well, I've, give, I me, get, give me a, give me a, give me a, <laughs> give me. I'm going to bring in uh, Lee Johnson second. But tell me, give me a score for tomorrow because obviously it's a big, huge game that's not on TV, which is 
done in, in every respect. Give me a, give me a scoreline for tomorrow. You know what? I think I think we'll pick up another three points. I think that I don't think that Reading are as good a team as team, Field or mm. um, Brighton. Um, I think that I think we'll pick up another three points. I think that that sends an amazing awesome. message out mm-hmm. to everybody that you know we we can have three away games on the trot. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we again win somewhere in the region a two one or three one. Um, and he'll go out, and I think he'll play exactly the same way as as he did um, in the previous two games. Um, I think he'll surprise the, the the rest of the league in terms of how he's how he's putting the teams out, and if, and whether we'll have thirty percent possession or thirty five percent possession um, or eighty five possession. I'm not really bothered. <laughs> so all I want is the three points. And then roll on on Saturday and uh, hopefully another three points against uh, Fulham, who are not a bad team at the moment either, mm. you know. So I think yeah, people are talking about Fulham, aren't they? Yeah. Well, great stuff. We'll see how it goes. I, I know you've got to pop off uh, in a minute, but um, I've Lee, good evening, Lee Johnson. How are you doing? Good, good, very good. So I think, uh, obviously, we've covered lots tonight, but um, I think um, those two games we've just played... Have be have have shown you shown us the real Newcastle United when it comes to spirit, endeavour, skill, and taking your chances. Well, I think it's you'll <coughs> take over the games, Those games at the end of the day were tailor-made for the manager. <laughs> you know, he wanted he would at the end of the day he would have wanted to test himself against the best in this league. And I suppose apart from ourselves, those two are currently the best in the league. We would and really, you know, I thought in the Brighton game they started well, got the goal, shouldn't have been a penalty. Uh, but after that, we took over. I thought we were on top for the majority of the game, and um, the contrasting goals. Not we haven't had much luck this season. I don't think personally. Giomi's goal was bizarre, but Giomi's goal um, actually summed up his performance. The ball was hitting him and got ten yards in front of him all night. Then it hit him and flew in the top corner. But to cut, in, in contrast. To both goals, then the winning goal is just wonderful. Um, I didn't really, um, I didn't really appreciate how good it was because, uh, well, the neighbour thought I would have been killing was was killing me family when uh, when the ball hit the net because <laughs> uh, the way that the, the pass by Richie is just unbelievable. If David Beckham had done something like that, they would have been shown it over and over and over and over again on Twitter. Astu's touch to take it out of the air and then get it under control and put it into Perez, who is as cool as ice. The, 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 the actual Ayuzi Perez that time for us, he was as cool as out as he just popped it in the bottom corner. Mm. And it gave us, it clearly gave us a massive lift. It clearly gave us a massive lift. And we went to Huddersfield, totally different test. Huddersfield are one of them teams that play on the front foot against you. Rafa just sat us in. He just sat us in. He said, come and break us down. Yep. If you think about it, really, they hit a few long-distance shots, which, you know, long-distance shots... You'd rather have most teams taking long-distance shots against you because you trust your goalkeeper. And he was tested a couple of times and he put it wide. But when we needed to use the ball, we used it really well. And, you know, Huddersfield only got actually back in the game. Due to a penalty that the ref thought, I think I'll just um, make this a little bit light because it was an embarrassing penalty decision. Ref was desperate to do something. He was. I don't know why. It was embarrassing. But that, that, that refereeing performance was very poor indeed. <laughs> you, you, you had the feeling either we were going to end the game with 10 men mm-hmm. or he was going to try and even it up in some way and that's what he did in the end. 
Did he? Well, the penalty, their penalty was embarrassing. It wasn't. It wasn't a penalty. Even I mean, even Richie's at the time. I'm, I thought it was a penalty in real speed. And then obviously the replays. But he did. He did actually. Clip, he, he did clip his heel just by accident. But the Shelby one was just embarrassing. The kid just fell out. I think he was surprised he mm. got it himself. But doesn't matter what this guy commentators moan about or what referees are doing. We got this. We got six points I, on the board. I, I also don't care about the possession stats. That's what us no. people seem to be whinging about. Um, you yeah. know, we had loads of possession under Steve McLaren and we didn't turn many of them games yeah. into wins. You what you do with the ball when you've got it. You had 70% of the possession against Sunderland that day. We lost 3-0. So, yeah, well, exactly. You, 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 get, you get exactly the same amount of points for 75% of the possession as you do for zero goals. Absolutely. And if you watch that game and if you break it down, Neil, um, the way, when they had possession, it was all in front of us. It was literally it was all in front of us. It was sideways, 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 backwards, sideways. It was. You're right. You're there wasn't any. Right. There wasn't any cutting through the back of us, getting through behind us, getting in good no. positions to put the ball in the box. Like Absolutely I said, Darwin made two, three, or four, two, three or four saves from distance, and that was it. He didn't get. Mm. He didn't get caught out one on one. He didn't get caught out anything. It was. It was what I would class as the perfect away performance. It was absolutely perfect, and we caught them out. It was just. Just fantastic, and like I said, I, going into these games, I, I, I trust, I trusted the staff, the players. I thought they would all be on it. And sometimes, when we played teams who are a little, who we think we'll just beat the day, the manager won't treat them um, with disrespect, I suppose. But sometimes, I think the players have just slightly. Certain individuals have switched off that little touch and think we're going to beat these with ease today. But we, I knew we would be on point for these two particular games, and we're going to the Red game in absolutely buoyant mood. And much like Steve just said before, I fancy us to go into that game and beat Red, and I really do because I just think the players again will be on point, and we're just creeping closer to that uh, line now. Like. I think it's a dodgy, it's a very much a bogey team, though, with um, Red. In uh, if you look at oh, the yeah. results we've gone there, they're quite they're normally. Um, you know that I've I, I mentioned. I did. I did think that about Huddersfield and Brighton, but it's one of them. It's one of them teams. You play. We play Reading. We never play well at Reading. Every time, it's actually always been the case that we've always done something to make them look like world beaters. That's my only fear about that game tomorrow. Mm, I, I, I just think we'll be. Uh, I just think after the last two results and things like that, players have seemed to be on point again. Um, Gales, Gales back. Uh, possibly going to be we might start tomorrow night. I just think that I think everything's pushing in the right direction. And I did think when it come to the crunch, I really did. Uh, when I when it come to the crunch, I thought we would. I really did think we'd push on. I must admit, like um, in the house on the game against Brighton, I was so furious about. Um, well, before the build-up of the Brighton game, about the appointment of the referee, and when he gave that penalty. At the time, I just thought, this is just a joke, this is beyond a joke. Because obviously, I, I, I was thinking back to that particular Sunderland game I just touched on there, where Bobby Madden gave that penalty against uh, Colachi and then sent him off, which it wasn't. Um, and I really did think he'd give, he'd give Brighton the knees up. And I was furious, and I was just thinking, we're going to blow this, we're going to in the playoffs now, last. But I should have, re- I should re- in my head, this was just in my head, but I thought our reaction to going one down was fantastic. And, you know, Rafa, Rafa took a little bit of a gamble not paying a centre-forward, although obviously Gufran was bought as a centre-forward. And I thought when Gufran missed that chance, yeah. uh, when they keep a pass to him, maybe time had passed us by. But, you know, the, the players responded brilliantly. And, you know, these are, these are lads you can get behind. Yes, maybe they're not. some of them aren't the finished article. Yes, some of them will not do it next season if we get promoted. But, you know, I, 
you know, I loved the likes of Daryl Murphy and things like that. I was I was in a bar, I was in Newcastle on Saturday night watching it, and there was a Macken with us, right? And I heard him out the corner of my ear taking a mick out of Daryl Murphy, and I just gave him a little knock, and I just says, you know what it is? I says, you know, you're slagging Daryl Murphy off there. I says, mm-hmm. you need you need players like Daryl Murphy potentially next season, body lad. But I wouldn't even get, I wouldn't even give them to you if we get back <laughs> to the Premier League. And I could just see reality dawn on his face, and he said nothing back. I think the interesting thing I found that um, De Jong, uh, obviously they're still, um, Rafa's still keeping in touch with him. Um, obviously, he's playing a few games, he's scoring a couple of goals, but it was interesting that he still seems to rate De Jong. I, I've always rated De Jong, he's just never, he never played many games. What's your thoughts on that, Neil, then, mm-hmm. then, then Lee? Because he's made of China. An elastic band. <laughs> that old elastic band. That sort of fray bit. That's why. Um, he's supposedly a lovely player with a great touch, but look at his record since he's been in Holland. He's been out injured. I think he stood on a block of Lego and was out for six weeks. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like well, you don't give him, don't, don't let him anywhere near an electrical socket with a screwdriver because just you know what's going to happen. <laughs> like careless Mackenzie out of his, didn't he? <laughs> He's been out for, out for six weeks because he was listening to the radio in the bathroom and it fell in the bath and he was mildly, mildly electrocuted. You know, Lee? It's, 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 uh, that's why. Lee? Well, in terms of Rafa keeping in touch with her, I think that's just a measure of the man. Um, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, he kept keeps in touch with all these playing stuff. Um, as for De Jong as a player, no doubt he's talented. Um, well, was, possibly. Um, we got him on the cheap for a reason. Um because of the injury record that Neil touches on. We've seen nothing to think that he's going to stay fit and available. I'd be very surprised if he's a Newcastle United player come next season. But if he can turn it around, obviously, there's no doubt the guy's got talent and got quality. Um, Rafa Benitez is clearly looking for a number 10. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Um, what, I, what I would imagine Cindy Young would be that number 10 if we managed to get promoted. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I just I, I did like it. I thought, well... I I think the the way that he's talking, I think he will be brought back for pre-season and he'll be given a chance. I do believe that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that at all. He's our player. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. I think there's several players. It's actually interesting, isn't it, Neil? Like the one thing, and I'll talk to Lee in a second on this, but uh, for all the chat about Amiobi coming through, um, he, hasn't, um, he hasn't really been given a chance after the first couple of games now, has he, Neil? Well, that, that was always the the bottom line I think you talk him up big him up get him G'd up for a few games knowing fine well that once the, once everybody once Atsu was back from the African Nations and once we had a full squad again and people came back from injury he was going to be back on the periphery and it, 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 that's how you manage men mm. and that's how you get the best out of the squad you've got mm. um, he's given him a chance and you know what if, if, if Amiobi had come through and set that team on fire you mm. wouldn't have been, been out of the picture yeah, yeah, I agree. What are your thoughts on Amiobi? Because uh, the, the interesting thing is, you've got obviously we've still got a. I don't think we'll see Rolando Aaron's back, but if Newcastle keep winning, they might look to bring him in. Because I must admit, the last two games, I haven't until he until he crossed that ball for uh, Perez to score the goal. I didn't think Atsu had done. He had. I was quite disappointed with him. To be honest with you, what was your thoughts, Lee? What against Brighton? 
Yeah, I didn't think he was that. Yeah, I didn't think he was accurate. I thought he was. I thought he played. I thought he played quite well. I thought, if you, if you remember, he had the chance at the end of the first half. I thought he was. Um, I thought he was active. I thought he kept that uh, Bruno on active, his toes yeah. most of the game. I kept that Bruno on his toes. I suppose in terms of um, the productive, um, in terms of the work rate of Matt Ritchie, I could see where you're coming from because he was literally everywhere again, bright and trying to snarl and kicking, chasing, hounding. Where when Atsu when Atsu got the ball, I, I, sure, I thought he showed a bit quality, Andrew. I, I think the kid's got something in his locker. Um, I certainly in a couple of games I might feed that boy like get him at him because obviously he's got the pace to be the fullback but in terms of Amiobi uh, Neil's right you know everyone that Rafa Benitez has got at the club he, he's trying to keep on point for example you know Darryl Murphy hasn't played a lot of games this season but when he has he's come in and done the job Amiobi did alright when he come on in them, them couple of games and things like that so use, use what you've got available at the, at the end of the day and as Neil said you know, we got the lads back from the African Cup of Nations. We knew they'd both make a difference. Although, obviously, Jeremy's one of them players sometimes where he kind of frustrates you. But yeah, he's, the, he's yeah. again. I was the other one player. He's playing kind of every game, isn't he? Now I think the army, but he, he, I get like I think you said a couple of weeks ago. He's got so much power, and he can. But every time he gets that ball, he, he goes one yard, and it's it's I always feel like he's he's gone a yard too much or he, he's trying I'm not going to say he's trying too much but he, like yes he's doing a job but he, to me he's not he's, he looks like a player who could take over a game um, and he's to me he's, he's not doing doing uh, the winning that's well, the winning I mean, but I mean he's never he'll never in his life score a better goal than he did against Brighton so he probably <laughs> thinks that he probably thinks he's cooling his over because that, that's probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in football <laughs> just <laughs> Oh, I mean, it was like slow motion. Slow motion. I, was, I, I think my mouth was opening in slow motion as I seen it looping into the top corner. Uh, I still just make, I just keep chuckling at it because I can just imagine all the televisions on in Wearside getting turned off at that particular moment. Hilarious. It, it, isn't it weird though, Neil? That until until that kick, Newcastle are never going to score. I don't know about never going to score because we did have chance, but I just thought from, the way it was going. Hour, from about the half hour mark, we pretty much dominated that game. Yep. And we would we would we were doing Huddersfield on Brighton. We were having mm. everything, but we were more incisive. And we, we were knocking on the door, but it, it that moment. And yet, right, we've not had much luck this season. You look at the difference mm. in the amount of. I think that's only our third penalty this season, and I think mm. the penalty that Brighton had was something like their twelfth. Mm. I, I think Brighton and I think it might even be Redden have had something like 12 and, 12 and 11 penalties this mm. season with far fewer chances, attempts and time in the opposition half etc 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 than what we've had we've had very little in the way of look I'm not one for making big things out of luck because I think in football mm. you do make your own luck sometimes mm. and, we, and, and I guess in some ways we did make our own luck because we were knocking on the door and at least Atsu was prepared to have a pop, albeit probably the worst shot he's going to have all season because it was gone for the corner flag. <laughs> he's getting assist, uh, he's getting assist. <laughs> yeah, exactly he probably did. He probably did. did. <laughs> you know, and, and, and the, the arm is probably still wondering what hit him. You know, <laughs> it, 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 and it went into the only part of the goal that could probably go in. Mm. But then look oh, at the reaction after that. After that, it was brilliant, yeah. It was. The goal was, was just sublime. 
Mm. You're absolutely right, you know, Lee. You, you, that long ball from Richie, mm. but then also the ability that Atsu showed to pull that down and yeah, get it yeah. under control so well. Mm. And Perez did the one thing I often criticise strikers for. It's all very well going in and, and, and pushing on, but sometimes you make a space by just hanging off or just mm-hmm. stopping at the right time and let the defenders carry in. And that's exactly what he did. If you look, he takes a half a yard off his pace and it just creates the space because the Brighton defenders are all hair and back at 200 mile an hour. He sits one of them on his backside because the one that realises what he's done, it's far too late because the ball's in the back of the net before the lad can do anything about it. And, and, and that's a super, super goal. It really is. If that had been... In the Premiership that weekend, it would still be seen it's shown now. I have a, I have a feeling, Neil, I have a feeling, Neil, much like Norwich, I think that what we've done to Brighton is much like Norwich. I honestly think Brighton will... Um, well, I guess I've implored. I think, well, I honestly, I think, we're, I think we're broken them. I really do think we're broken them. <laughs> I, I gather at the weekend they, they were quite atrocious against Forrest. They've just lost and that, they've just lost that Duffy lost as well. Duffy. Well. Six weeks. I mean, that's huge for them. They don't have the squad yet. Nah. Uh, you know their next cab off the rank is is is, is, a, is a banger, you know, and, and and this is this is the problem for them, and 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 as I say, I've been being told that by Brighton lads out here all season. Um, seven games, seven games in April, seven games. That's massive, and that's where our squad will come to the fore. Absolutely, and that's what Rafa's been saying since yeah. September. You know, and we're making big song and dance about this week. Um, he, yeah. he still has been maintaining and talking about April, and this is this He's is talking about it, isn't he? Strange month, yeah. isn't it? When you hardly play any games, <laughs> it's a bit weird, isn't it? Like we've got our calendar, Andrew. We've, yeah. we've played, played a ridiculous amount of games in February, yeah, and I think we'll play three three in March, and then a ridiculous amount in April. It's cr- <laughs> it, it it makes no sense whatsoever, and it's why people go mental about our fixtures list because you then because mm. you get a similar thing in in November December. You know, you, you often find because of international breaks in October and November, you play very few games, and then you cram them all in at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a bit, it's a bit mad. I think, I think. Um, who, who do you think will play tomorrow, Lee? Do you think? I think yeah, I, I, you've got to play the same team, surely. I think um, against uh, Redden, you presume, wouldn't you? I would imagine. Uh, he possibly. Well, to be fair, Andrew, this is Rafa Benitez. I, I would <laughs> imagine you'll probably make changes. Um, and I, I'd be surprised if he starts with the same eleven. He might bring Goofran in for us too. He might, he might, he might start with Gale instead of uh, Daryl Murphy. Um, I don't really know. I think that I think pretty much Shelby. It'll be Shelby Callback as an axis, and, and it'll be pretty much the same back. Probably the same back four with Yedlin maybe coming in for Anita in the goalkeeper. So what do you think of uh, Anita? Because I, I must admit, I I had been getting. I wasn't impressed last couple of games with Yedlin. I was glad he was taken out. To be honest with you. Um, and I, I, I did think um, Anita brought a bit more composure. Uh, what, what, what do you think on him? Well, I, in talking about Yedlin, actually, it's just, uh, yeah. just uh, that's a good point because I, I didn't think he had a particularly very. I think he didn't have a good game against uh, Brighton. I didn't think no. defensively. I thought he was poor all night. His passing was really bad. And if that was Paul Dummett, Paul Dummett would have been hung off the time bridge. <laughs> um, True. Uh, and um, the contrast in. Uh, Yedlin's defending Paul Dummett is, um, is just as much contrast as uh, both of them going in the opposite direction. So uh, I, I think it was a big call by him to bring him in, uh, Anita, but Anita's been quite solid there. But I think in terms of who I would personally like to see there weekly, I do, I do prefer Yedlin. So he is, 
he has allowed the odd bad game, but I'm just trying to, um, you know, compare that to Paul Dummett. It doesn't matter. Paul Dummett could have the Paul Dummett could sc- score a hat trick and make and make three clearances off the line, and still people would find mm. um, excuses to single them out. But he, uh, which uh, is just coming to my mind because you mentioned Gedlin, has mm. been absolutely fantastic over the last couple of weeks, and that kid deserves absolutely massive credit because you know what it is, right? You've got this local lad there. He just gets his head down. Clearly, just mm-hmm. gets on with the game. You never see him moaning, complaining, or talking in the pier, or tarting himself up. Clearly, just goes in, does his training, goes home, looks to play on a Saturday. And you know, we need more like that. We've had some right tosses over the last mm-hmm. few years, and and people signal signal Paul Dummett out at different times, which absolutely does my head in. He's got a Paul Dummett has literally got a basement full of championship wingers, and he's in his, locked up in his basement because he's mm-hmm. literally kept them that quiet over the last couple of weeks. That knockout got the hook for Brighton the other day because he just wasn't getting anything out of Dummett. And I think it's about time people start realising well, how cheats, much of a good... He cheats as well, does uh, Mr Knockout. You've got to remember, Andrew, right? Yeah. People have complained for years about us defensively. And yes, Dummett sometimes does struggle going the opposite way. But what do I want my defender to do first? Defend. Defend. Mm. Bloody defend. Keep mm. clean sheets and you let your winger take care of that. If that's something that Rafa can progress in his game, great, I don't mind. But I'd rather have a solid defender. He's a local lad. He puts his body on the line and things like that. And I think it's about time people actually start to realise that we've got a cracking left back there. Yeah, because I think when as soon as... As soon as... Um as soon as uh, Rafa came in, I think he, he was he was given a new contract, wasn't he? Five years, so you know he, he you know you know. Let's be honest, Rafa Benitez knows a player, and he knows what he, he knows what he, what he wants from that player, and he's played Dummett, uh, you know, cons- consistently. I'm just going to bring in um, uh, Chris Parry from calling from Texas, USA. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, guys. How you doing? Not bad. Just finished 18 holes. <laughs> as ever uh, so tell me what were your thoughts over the, the last uh, two games with Newcastle uh, what was your thoughts on it and then obviously we talked about different players essentially but it was a simply sensational week wasn't it it was fantastic and we talked last week that this was this week, these were the games we wanted Newcastle to play I mean you can if you want to be the best you have to you have to you're the best you have to go on the road and beat teams that I don't want to try to take you down. And I thought Newcastle United played like the team that we all knew that they were going, they could be when they went into this division. They should be doing this, but I've, it's been very impressive how they're doing it. They're not, they're not showboating. They're not doing anything. They're doing workmanlike effort, and they're going and getting points. It reminds me a lot of uh, Chelsea when Chelsea goes on the road and they just they workmanlike and they get the points. The next thing you know, they've got another victory and they're on the bus. And they're going home. The other team's mm-hmm. going. How the heck did they do that? Yeah, you know, that's kind of how Newcastle's playing, and it's fantastic to watch. Were you surprised that it was nice to see? It was nice to see Murphy in the team doing what all good strikers do, wasn't it? Yeah, and guys, let me tell you, I don't think we can just count Gale did because how many strikers do you know are going to run into that goalkeeper to try to get the ball? And it's a lose-lose proposition because as soon as you touch the keeper, it's over. The Gale was like, you know what? If he makes the header, well on him. But if he doesn't, I can pass to the goal. Guarantee if that's no fit, he flashes into the keeper trying to be still And the play is done. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you see if he makes this or see if you screw it up. It was, it was the easiest goal he's ever scored in his life. <laughs> yeah, it was... 
it just shows the cleanness and the precision and just the you know, the, the overall and uh, the word I'm looking for just of a striker who's in form, and he is in form, and it's, it's going to be great to have him for the rest of the stretch. You guys are talking about Dummett, and I have to admit, I'm very surprised. I think Dummett has been so solid. He mm-hmm. hasn't been he hasn't been spectacular, but he's been solid. And like what your, the caller said before me, all you want your defender to do is defend. That's what he, his first, his third, that's the third thing you do when you send him out there, and Dummett mm-hmm. defends really, really well. I, I wish he had a little bit more speed, and I wonder if that's going to be taken to, he's going to be taken to task a little bit in the premiership with some of the speedy wingers, but other than that, I think he's been fantastic. Yeah, I think he's, I think, um, th- that's the thing, I think, because we're looking for a bit, you know, steel in that Newcastle United team, which I, obviously we haven't had since the Norlands, uh, etc. of Joey Barton, I think those two performances away from home, we've we've shown from the start that we wanted it. I think obviously I don't. I think against Huddersfield, I was probably more on edge against Huddersfield when I was against against Brighton. But uh, when you when you see the way that we were set up, you know we men, immensely determined not to give them anything. And they, to come, I think it was the first time Newcastle actually came back from being one down uh, away all season, Chris. Yeah, I think it was, guys. I think it was the first time in a while. And the Brighton game was really special because as soon as Newcastle got the lucky, the lucky bounce for the for the equalizer, you're almost like, okay, here, that's the point. You know, this is what we needed that we don't need. But they didn't. They put the gas and said, we're going to go get all three now. And uh, and Brighton just you know, felt like you know you stole their lunch money. So it was it was it was just something else. Um, Huddersfield, I like because Newcastle didn't get too pissed off by an awful call. There was a very, very fortunate thing. The Newcastle one, I think we'll all agree. I don't know. Uh, I thought it would really not have been a non-call. There's no doubt that the Huddersfield one was a die. It was an absolute die. Newcastle not a the course. Made, uh, Darlow made great saves. The defense didn't break. The offense held possession. It was exactly what you want a team that is playing for all of what Newcastle's playing for to do, and they did, and it was great. And the Gale goal was just the icing on the cake. It was fantastic. But even without the Gale goal, I don't think uh, Huddersfield comes back and ties that match. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the one thing about Huddersfield, I think uh, because they'd been on, I think when you watch their game against Man City, you obviously saw, of, even if it was their reserves, it's a very talented team. And then, but I, I definitely thought, um, I don't know what you thought. Obviously, Chris, you can answer this first, and then we'll go to, we'll go to uh, Lee and then and Neil. That uh, I definitely did think that Wagner, for all everybody talks about him, he was definitely out coached. It was a, it was definitely tactical. I think they took long distance. They really peppered uh, Darlow, and they were—they're going to make Darlow make saves. You know, instead of—I mean, how many times last year, Andrew, would Newcastle have 70 percent of the possession and not even get a shot? Of it? They were so busy to put the ball in the box and play ticky-tack football. When sometimes you just have to put your laces through the ball and see what Remember that one long-distance shot from outside the for the end of the first half? It was beautiful, and Darlow just made a great save. And sometimes you have to kick your cat to the other to the other team, 
Now, I really thought I was better against Newcastle than Brighton was. He took the lead. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Yeah, Neil. Uh, sorry, uh, Lee. Well, Rafa Benitez is. Oh, I'll, I'll answer it just quite quickly. Andrew Rafa Benitez is world class. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Not, many men, not many managers in the championship are going to get the better of Rafa Benitez. He's world class. He's world class. And he's our mm. manager. It's quite a. You talk about what he can do with fullbacks, mate. He won a Champions League with Steve Finnan and Jimmy Tirori at fullback yep. positions, if I, if I remember correctly. So. I'm quite sure he can turn Paul Dumbin into a decent, decent fullback. And frankly, you're right. Uh, you know, I find well, I, I've been sort of defending his, his corner on this show all season, it feels. Um, but he, he's coming into his own at the minute. And I mean, with regards to Wagner, yeah, there's, there's not, there's, there's no manager in the championships going to school Benitez. <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> Sorry, apart from, apart from, apart from, apart from one coil, because obviously Blackburn beat us twice. Yeah, well. <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> the exception that proves the rule. Um, He's gone as well, isn't he? Yeah. And it, and He's it, gone is the it, journey. Is it, my, is it my connection or is it Chris that's going all Norman Collier? Chris is Chris's connection. He's, ah, he's, right. he's just finished his golf, you see, so he hasn't got 3G where he is. <laughs> no, no, got no, five. No. We've got five. Hang on, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine, that's boys. better. I was on, speak- I was on speakerphone. That's better. Oh, that's why. So the thing is, with with... I think you're. Are you getting quite excited now, uh, Chris, with the fact that we, you know, we are kind of getting closer and closer to being back on NBC Weekly. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, guys, I'm tired of I'm tired of trying to watch Fubo Two TV and try to find the BN Sport Five or the BN Sport Six or something like that to try to get the stupid stream to work. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a pain. It's a pain in the ass. I mean, I'm sorry, Americans. We've kind of got it pretty good when it comes to the Premiership. We have every single match. Mm. We can watch every match on TV, which I think's ridiculous that the UK can't watch every match, but yet mm. in the US we can. So I mean, it's, uh, but yeah, it, is, so I'm, it, I'm it, it was brilliant. To it. The good the good thing about NBC when you watch it, the game you can see every, even at half time you see every single goal that goes in, and basically by because yep. I was in Washington DC by twelve o'clock. You've seen every single game, and then if you obviously record it, you can record Newcastle and watch it back if you, if you haven't got got to watch it live. The only downside of it is you've got your wireless laptop. Uh, it it, it kind of cleans up your data. But um, I think, uh, you know, obviously we've heard about the fans forum, Chris, um, when it comes to what's happening with Newcastle with, with new sponsors coming on board. Uh, really, I think when it who comes to Newcastle... It? Hey, who is it, by the way, guys? Is, have they announced I that I, didn't, I, haven't, I haven't read today? Well, Neil, you should know better than, than anybody, I think. Or oh, no, Lee, no. you might know, I don't know. They've not announced it. No, I'm just I'm interested to hear if there's any whispers about it, to be honest, because it seems like it's happening soon. Yeah. You don't know who it is, Neil? Mm, he does, doesn't he? Mm, who is it? No. No, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> you tell me after the show. Well, to be honest with you, I said a couple of weeks ago, imagine if you're a sponsor, if you're a sponsor out there and you're looking at Newcastle mm. United currently, Rafa Benitez led Newcastle United going back in the Premier League. Uh, that's a very, very attractive attractive proposition, I reckon, getting your name on the front of the shirts because they'll fly off the shelf in the summer if Rafa Benitez is still manager. <laughs> well, I think that's, that's no, the thing, no, and he And you're right, guys. You're right. I mean, the fact that they're about to be a premiership team is, if I'm a sponsor, I'm licking my chops. 
I just hope Mike Ashley doesn't screw this up. And I, I guess didn't he didn't he didn't he buy a company or something? And he watched him put that stupid company as the as the sponsor for Newcastle now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think because this deal's been in place for a while, and he's just bought that company out of liquidation. Uh, I, you, well, you never know. You never. He might, you know. But uh, I think it's going to be. I think it's. I think it's going to be a, a big one. But I've always thought it could be that company that um, that uh, Real Madrid have uh, bet something or whatever. I can't remember the name. Oh, of it now, okay. Oh, that'd be that'd be kind of neat on a Newcastle jersey. Yeah, B win. Yeah, B win. B yeah, B win. B win. B win or, or B win or something. Well, yeah. I don't think B win. It's it's just happy days. It is happy to. I think. I think. To me, as I've mentioned before, everything's relative. I'm nothing. To me, nothing's until I, until I see who, how much he's going to be given, or who when he starts actually buying players again. That's when I'll know we're okay. I think, but that's the problem. I think until we get to that scenario again, which we. I think we'll find. I think after the season's finished, we're going to find out very, very quickly. Because I don't. This we've got a manager that doesn't will not wait around. If it with if if he if he's not going to be given what he as a world class manager as you said, Lee, that we've got on our hands to to for Mister Ashley to make the biggest own goal of his footballing Andrew, career. Andrew, he shouldn't be here. He shouldn't be Newcastle United manager. Yeah. No, this is coming up to about a year ago today when he walked through the doors. Yeah. You, there was no way on God's earth that Rafa Benitez was going to come and work for Mike Ashley. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. Mm. And Mike Ashley is a very, 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 very fortunate man that this man decided to stay. I think the fans had a lot to do with it, mind. And I'm telling you what, if we get promoted back to the Premier League and he messes around and Benitez walks away, mm. the club will, I'm telling you now, on, on his watch, it will be all over. It will implode until he leaves. That will be it. There will be no, chance, no further chances for that man. That will be it. Because at the end of the day, as a businessman, like we've just been touching on the sponsorship deal there, he can make an absolute fortune of a successful Newcastle United. You know, the town on Saturday night, man, was absolutely bouncing. It was buzzing. The place is absolutely buzzing at the moment. And Mike Ashley needs to tap into that. This, I'll keep seeing it with this club. This club can be anything it wants to be. And there's a reason why he has to be Newcastle United. Because he looks at the things... Yeah, I can do something with this. Mm. I can physically do something with this. And, and he'll challenge Mike Ashley to make Newcastle um, competitive. And if Mike Ashley goes against that, Rafa Benitez will walk into, another good, walk, into, walk into a very good club and the club will implode. So, of course, that's at the back of all our minds, a concern. But I just mm. hope Mike Ashley's not stupid. But again, as I keep repeating on here, he, did, he appointed Joe Kinnear not once but twice and I thought Joe Kinnear was dead. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's that's the thing about you know. We I, th- I think we can enjoy it while we can the minute. Uh, but the thing is, this this is the even even if this, the only thing I can think of is if he does if he does buy Rangers, and I think Neil's right. I I, I think Rangers will be far much more trouble than what we were. I think uh, they've already started to bare their teeth uh, just regarding the, the shirts. Haven't the, the, the Chris? Have you seen that Chris? It's the, you know he's when you look at the Rangers fans, they they really were they were kind of told by by King their their chairman not to buy them because of because of Mike Ashley, 
And, you know, I, I, you, you always hear about Rangers, or, you know, they're going to buy the shirts. But, you, you, again, a bit like Newcastle, I don't think not many fans bought the, the shirts like, like they normally do. There was active people, you know, looking to buy replica shirts from, from past. So I, I don't think he's... But I, but I think Lee, what, what Lee's means is that in the summer, you can imagine, then once we get a, a better a sponsor and we know Rafa's going to be there... The, Everybody will go out and buy the product that he that you know Newcastle provide Mike Ashley. Well, if we're talking about strictly dollars, I think he's exactly right because if you're Mike Ashley, the worst thing you can do is screw this up now. Okay, I mean because he he loves money. We know that he likes the finances. Well, the prudent business decision is to let Rafael Benitez get this team into the Premiership, get all of that TV money, contract money plus a new sponsorship, plus merchandising, bam, get all the money in the world, and, you know, and at least, at the very least, give Rafael Benitez next season in the Premiership before you tear it down. Because you're going to make a fortune. If you screw with it, you're going to, I mean, he's going to lose, he's going to lose a billion dollars. I, I could see Newcastle guys, I mean, what are they already like the 20th richest franchise? They're the 20th richest franchise in the world, and they play in the championship. I mean, that's just insane. And you look at the other 20 teams, and they play in the minor leagues. <laughs> Let's just come out and say it. I yeah, mean, so, uh, I do, I so, so it's going to be great. I don't think you dare screw it up now, because what if, for example, the new shirt sponsorship deal is also based on the fact that our current manager remains in position? That's what I was about to interject. Uh, yeah. That was exactly what I was about to interject. I was like, "What if our what if our new sponsors come in and say, hey, guess what, guys? We are going to become the new sponsor if but Rafael Benitez has to stay the coach, uh, I, you know, I, to, I, with that I, shirt sponsor." Surprise me if there's not conditions like that therein attached, because Neil I would have thought that's the only way we could generate a sponsorship deal that would be equivalent to a Premiership sponsorship deal with no guarantee that we would be in the Premiership next season. Mm. The only and guys, hey guys, I'll leave you with this. The one thing that I don't want Newcastle to do, and we fall into this trap as fans, I don't want them to win the Premiership, I mean, win, win the, um, the Championship, have all these great things, and then have us expect him to sell all the players and get a whole new set of players because now yeah. we're a Premiership team. I wouldn't mind keeping the skeleton of what we got. These guys have worked our asses off to get here. Maybe a couple, you always need a little flair, and you definitely need that one guy that can play with Gale, but I don't think you gut the thing. I think that you, I think that you, 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 you add a little piece here and there, and you take this team up into the premiership, and you really try to, try to swing for the fences, try to finish in the top, you know, top seven for the first year, at least. Yeah. Great point for Chris before he leaves. Um, Lee, what, do you, do you agree with that? And then I'll get to Neil. I, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. I think you've got to keep the bones of the squad. I think I think if we get up, I'll keep saying that by the way because it's nothing's done and dusted. Mm. We we need add we need a, I would say we need to try and add about uh, four to five quality footballers. There's no mm. doubt about. It. I think we, we need to add elements of pace within the side mm. in certain areas. Um, I, th- I think Rafa Benitez, one of Rafa Benitez's key positions will be that number 10 role. I really do think he's been pushing at that all season. I, I do think you'll probably add another look and you look a lot of forward and things like that. And I do think you'll probably look at strengthen the defence in the centre-half area. Um, so it would be 
a very, very, like last summer, a very interesting summer, I think, if we go up and he gets backed. Probably the most exciting the most exciting summer since when Kevin Keegan brought them four players in, Les Ferdinand, mm. Dave Ginola, Warren Barton and Shaka Hislop. I think be a, it would be exciting to that degree. I think the most important money that we're going to look at is a is a somebody to complement uh, Shelby or back or somebody to mm-hmm. at least a couple of midfielders to because you know you can't think Callback's going to play is any going to be anywhere near that team and what it wants if if and when we get back in the Premiership. But, uh, yeah, Callback had Callback had a shot. Yeah, but we need it. Like Chris has just said, we need to, We need to keep. We need to keep. We need to keep players around because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, there'll be a long hard season. There'll be Players who will be used for different games. We've seen that a little bit this season. Of course, you can't just add a whole new side. You're going to have to just piece around that. And just looking at Leicester as an example, I know obviously they've struggled a bit this season. They've got, I would say, they had two to three quality players within their side, standout players. The rest work really hard. And obviously their their um, work levels have dropped this season for whatever particular reason, which have kind of just went back over the last couple of weeks. I think if you can get your team working relatively hard, which Benitez does with Newcastle, and you add three or four quality players, we could do all right in the league. Uh, I mean, obviously, Chris is saying about like top seven, etc. I think I would just go for the go for the standard line as well. well if we're a newly promoted club, I wouldn't set any kind of Stay ambitions. I, yeah. I would imagine I would imagine Benitez would have his own ambitions. My yeah. first my first response to that would be so we can't get labelled as deluded Geordies would be exactly yeah. the same ambitions that the three teams that would go up. Mine would be to stay in the Premier League and consolidate and build on that. Mm. Neil? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Okay. I guess I just never, I just don't feel that the Newcastle's a championship team. I just think they're a team that fell on their freaking face mm. and that's why they're down here. So when they're in a premiership, I'm mean, not a premiership team to begin with. You know, they, they, they should be playing for the top ten. They should not be where they are right now. And the, the great thing is that I mean, let's be honest, guys. I mean, if, if, if I told you in August that, hey, we're going to be talking and Newcastle's going to be 11 points clear of third and five mm-hmm. points clear of first, you wouldn't have been surprised. You'd have been like, well, yeah, they freaking better be. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, as, long as, as long as the team is, is playing. So I'm real happy that they're doing what we expect them to do. And I've changed my tune a little bit because I don't really care now about, how them, about them dominating the division. I like that these workmanlike efforts, tactical efforts, get, you'll get the points, get out of here. You'll get the points and get out of town. For some reason, I don't know what's going on. Maybe we can pretend that St. James's Park is an away venue. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like put more away fans in St. James's Park because they just do not play well at home right now. Yeah, yeah they're playing too well. Andrew, give me, Andrew, I'm going to have to go. Cause yeah, so give me a score for tomorrow, Lee. Yeah, yeah, 3-1, you got it. Three one. Thanks a lot, Lee. Take right, care. See you next week, mate. Right. Right. Cheers, mate. Chris, give me a score for tomorrow before I bring in John. Uh, they're playing Reading. Yeah. Reading kind of has Newcastle's number. Yeah. Reading kind of has Newcastle's number. No. <laughs> uh, it's on the road. Let's see. Let's see if they can do it again. Let's go. Let's go two nil. Let's go two nil with uh, uh, at Reading. Great stuff. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks very much. For All right, guys. Enjoyed it. See you, mate. Take care. See you later. See you next week. Thanks, Chris. Cheers now. Well, we're going to bring in our final call this evening. It's John, a new cash Nerd fan. Good evening. How are you? Good evening, mate. Um, good evening, Neil. How are you doing, guys? You good? Good. Good. Not too bad. Uh, so tell me, you, you must be happy chappy after last week. Woo! <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
you know what it is? I want to do um, the full um, beat play Brian. And it's been massive years. I would have been happy to take the five points away. But it's your Brian Hulusfield and Patrick Wayne Ren, right? Mm-hmm. Both two wins from uh, in the last two games. I was absolutely fantastic. And it's not just the three points. Our performance was absolutely awesome. We're not being pretty to watch. But I tell you something. Right, we just soak it up. We just let them have the bar. We just soak it up. And we just sent him on the counter, and Rafa got his tactics absolutely spot on yet again. He knows what he's doing. I mean, he's been in the situation before, and the players are just absolutely playing for the guy, you know? It, well, it was definitely, I, I must admit that when they won the first one, which, I, you know, we everybody was praying to, to knock you know, knock uh, Brighton off, uh, you know, out of it because Brighton have become quite, you know, the fans is, the, the fans are getting quite uh, gobby actually, thinking, you know, you know, we're we're one of the best teams, and even the media had fallen the trap of like, okay, this team are probably going to finish, are going to do far better than Newcastle, mm. just for the fact that they've won more games at home, I would probably suggest, but you know, the the, the winning mentality is when you win away from home and you do it consistently. I agree with you. I mean, the thing is, I mean, the reason we're at the top of the table sort of thing, I mean, because our waveform as well has been absolutely excellent. We're not going to be good at home, but we're absolutely excellent away from home. I mean, he's playing a system was absolutely perfect for the players. And that's a Brighton. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. Like, that's two defeats in a row from them. And um, I hear people saying they may just talk yet again. That's not our problem. Our problem is, is we want to concentrate on our team to get ourselves back in the Premier League. And, um, I mean, Brighton can still win games, but at the end of the day, they need to be kind of careful. They lost their best defender. I mean, one of their best defenders, um, mm. Shane, is it Duffy? Shane Duffy, yeah. uh, he's, he's got an injury on his broken foot, so that's going to be a big blow mm. for them. But they're going to need to pick up if they want to get into the Premier League. But having seen a fast sort of thing, I mean... We look fantastic, and um, I think we need about four more wins and two draws or five more wins. It's just going to get us there. Yeah, I think um, the fact that we went there and we've been really compact in the last two games, and we're more or less saying, "Okay, we're going to stay here. We're not going to. We're going to. You're going to have to really move us around." And uh-huh. even the goals that we've con- it's interesting. The two, the two goals we've conceded, they've both been penalties. It's 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 surreal. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, the teams who we played against, Brian Hullsfield, right, they haven't scored, they haven't taken the shots to be taken just from the outside of the box, not inside the box. They haven't gone around the back of us, like, putting his coppers mm. in and poking it, uh, sticking it in from six yards and that. We have been defending really well. And then Kieran Clark and Yamal, well, those two have got a fantastic understanding of each other now. And um, they form a partnership it's going to be tough to break down like you know and even our fullbacks are defending as well you don't see Dominic bursting down from the fullback Yedlin does it I thought Burner was solid um, the other night and Dahl has been making some great saves he's been getting a lot of stick but mm. he's getting back to form him and that's what I, I mean if he can just keep it going and get his confidence back and I think he has got his confidence back Carl I'm talking about he'll be, he'll be fine and it just um Onwards and upwards, really. But they just can't get past us. I must say, I thought he would have wavered. Um, I, th- I think against the Brighton game, um, yeah. I think against Huddersfield, 
the, again, you can sense there's still not. A, I can see you can sense the players are obviously starting to have a pop at doll because um, he, I think a couple of times I saw him, we were caught out yeah. in the Brighton game, and again you can. Uh, and I was watching him very closely, and mm. he get he's not saying anything. I've noticed he he stands there and he he's not at all vocal, and it's it's only when there's a something happens that they shout yeah. at him and. It, it, that to me it, uh, could it happen with time that a, a younger lad can get a bit um, a bit more uh, mouthy or talk to his players, but you know you can't just look at your mate and turn around and go well you know you 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 can take this. That's probably the one thing that worries me about Dahl and could yeah. stop him from being a really good goalkeeper is the communication. Absolutely, I've been saying that for weeks now. He needs to start talking. He needs to dominate his box. He needs to tell his defender, "So it's my ball, it's my ball, get out of here." And I've noticed that himself. I totally agree with you. I think just um, you know, just uh, control that box, let the defender know, and he'll be a fantastic keeper. That's the only problem I've got is communication, like the one against uh, Bristol City last week when he just um, didn't shout at all, and it's part of his fault as well. But just do that um, he, he can make mistakes as well like he did in the second half against Brighton when Dobbins have to clear off the line I mean if he does that just edge out a little bit then we've got to have a fine keeper on our hands but he's a great soft stopper and not a tell away from him but he needs to communicate and he needs to come out his area I think I must admit I think against Redden tomorrow that is the knife in that to me when you you basically you've you know you've really we've really wounded uh, Huddersfield and Brighton to mm. to more or less gut um, you know the chance to gut Reading a, a bogey team it mm. it really would put the cat amongst the pigeons wouldn't it Neil? Well, yeah, it would. It would. Um, I don't don't know if we see Reading as a bogey team per se. Though um, never won there in a while. We all seem to get beat. You know, it's a free rubber for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you look at those three games, you told me you can have six points coming off those three games that have been made up. Mm. So you know what? I'm already made up. It's free rubber. Yeah. And I hope our players abide by that and feel that, because if they are, it, it it takes a little bit of the nervousness away. It'll take a little bit any. You know, let we play and express ourselves properly, and out of that, good things can only come. So, I think we've just got to keep looking at the positives. We've mm. taken more out of these games than certainly I genuinely expected. Yeah, to. I thought would have, yeah. you know, I would have thought would have picked up a couple of draws. I was looking at it, you know, like I say, if you told me six points and John said five, you know, mm. something like that, you'd have said, yeah, okay, we'll take that. Mm. Because but what we've done is we've we've blown a hole in it really now, mm. and so it, 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 Redden are a different prospect at home though as they are away from home. Mm. Um, but I, I I don't see why we should be frightened of them. Mm. And, and and I think if we can we can do what we did at Huddersfield, we we'll just let them let them have possession and play pretty pattern sideways. Let's see that again. I think I, I, I think if you look at the Redden team, I bet you don't recognise many names on the sheet. Mm. And so, what the hell have we got to be afraid of? Mm. I have to agree there, Neil. I mean, the thing with Redden, I mean, they passed the ball fantastically well. They played free-flowing football, mm. right? 
good. Like Huddersfield, right? But they do not score enough goals. That's the problem with Reading. They do not score enough goals. We got to go there, right, and just pick them off like we did against Huddersfield, and just score a goal or two. We score if we score the first goal. I'm going to be really honest with you. I could see us get another one or two. Another one or two. Yeah, I, I can see us. The thing is, on the in just the hunch I've got is that he'll play, he'll play, he'll play Murphy with Gale tomorrow. I think because it just to me that sends a massive yeah, message to to Reading that we're coming to we're coming to gut them. And he's yeah. not going to play four four two tomorrow night. He'll play one up front and one off. That's the way he plays. Do you play Diarmi then? Set the team team up. Um, no, because Diarmi's had a couple of games. I suspect you might might see him shuffle it around and it wouldn't surprise me to see Mitrovic in Paris yeah, you think yeah mm. I would say I would just say keep on keep keep the winning team just I mean I make one change I mean I probably change play Yedlin back and drop the Nita I mean Burton's done a good job but we need to attack Redding as well but the fact of the matter is I mean I'll just say make one change and just keep a winning team you have to keep a winning team and just keep the floor going you can't I mean keep and change all the time it's this stage of the season could be a little bit unsettling, but not major. Yeah, I, 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 it's going to be interesting. Give me, give me a scoreline for tomorrow. Do you think, John? I fancy a win tomorrow. I'm going to be confident this time. I mean, um, if we can beat Brian Huddersfield, why, why um, can we win tomorrow? I'm going to mm. see. Um, I'm going to see two one again. Two one. Two one. That's good. Yeah, I think it'll, I think we'll go down the wire. <laughs> you know the the fact that Redding. Uh, you know it'll be interesting to see how how they line up. But but let's see. Well, obviously it's been a great week for Newcastle. Let's hope it continues and hopefully my look gets a bit better. But thanks so much for coming on, John. And uh, I'll speak to you next yep. week, mate. Thanks very much. I'll speak to you next week. I'm looking forward to. It. Let's do it tomorrow. Yeah, come on. Thanks, John. Oh, and thanks. Thanks, and thanks to my my main guest tonight tonight Peter Ramage who came on the show at kind of last minute but as, as ever a brilliant guest and thanks to Neil um, Neil Mitchell in Dubai as my regular regular weekly host thanks a lot Neil all right man I'll talk to you in a minute anyway but thanks so much and good night everybody. <laughs>